There we go. <coughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're live. Hopefully everyone can hear us. If you want to do us a favor, as always, let us know if the volume levels are good, bad, or indifferent, and we'll adjust as necessary. I'm kind of getting the hang of this, though. So, everybody, welcome to the third live stream of Secrets of Saturn. This one is on the transhuman trinity. And who are we referring to in this trinity? We are referring to Elon Musk, Ray Kurzweil, and Zoltan Istvan. Three, all three very interesting figures. Anyway, Wayne McCroy... Welcome. Good to see you, my friend. Good to be here, Jason. Uh, I guess we're going live now. Everybody in the chat, could you hear us? According to all buttons all right. I pushed, Looks we're like live. We're live. Awesome. We're rolling. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Secrets of Saturn Live. All right. Looks like everything is functioning. I don't know how much of a delay is on this. That's one of the things that's still messing with me, so we'll see. <laughs> anyway, so... You have me, Jason Lindgren, Wayne McCroy, and we are also joined by the Great Baldini. Hello. Hello Welcome, Great Baldini. Uh, Crow said he might pop in, but I haven't heard from him, and he needs to go to bed early because he has, he has to get up early tomorrow. So I don't think we'll be hearing from Mr. Triple Seven tonight. All right. Well, we got a blockbuster crew here to begin with, so we'll we be do. all right. We do. I think, I think there's enough... <laughs> people who can't shut the hell up uh, <laughs> on the call as it is so i think we're good it Let's, does happen that's you for know sure. me so well yeah all right so as we were saying we're going to talk about some transhumanism stuff tonight and all three of these characters jason can i put me on the right side of the screen i don't know can i does this work uh, like that is that better Okay, well, you guys let me know. I, I pulled the little boxes around in OBS, so hopefully that, that is satisfied. Kind of like a Snickers. All right. Good enough. Moving around. Go. All right, onward <laughs> we march. Yeah, this is so different than what I'm used to where I'm, 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 I've got everything just right where I want it. So let's start. Wayne, would you like to start with Elon, Zoltan, or Ray Kurzweil? Oh, that's a good question. There's so many directions to go in with this. Uh, let's look at our buddy Elon first, because he's all over the place with everything. I like calling him <laughs> so. Uncle Elon, because it just sounds ridiculous. I call him Felon. He is. Yeah, Felon. <laughs> the F in there. So I say the F Elon. Elon. So he's a Felon, right? There you go. Perfect. I'm I'm waiting for some big scandal to come out for Elon, because it'll just be a lot of fun to talk about Elon Gate. <laughs> <laughs> love That's it outstanding love it just oh, like yeah. the farmer outstanding in my field exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right so i guess i guess that made people happy i'm on the right and you're on the left is this the comedy I'm not sure hour? Why that matters. I, 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 yeah i didn't know if this was the comedy hour i heard uh I heard Crow start doing uh, no arms guys with no arms and no legs jokes on Owen Benjamin. He did. He was he was having a comedy <laughs> off with with the big OB. <laughs> that was outstanding. I, I was I was even thinking going, hey, I know a few of those jokes. I could jump in on that. It's awesome. Yeah. So we'll do we'll do a comedy hour tonight as well. We we keep it light here, even though we talk about very serious information every week. We try to be cool and chill and like a conversation among friends. Hashtag Elon Gate. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so let's start with Elon. 
Uh, one of the things we can definitely talk about with Elon Musk in relation to transhumanism, well, he's got several companies that he is heavily involved with, but one of which, of course, is the uh, the, the neural thingy. And I watched the uh, the presentation from, I think it was July, on Neuralink, the company that he bought, mm, what, a few years ago, Wayne, right, if I remember correctly? Yep, he founded it just a couple of years back, and uh, they're talking about uh, doing live human trials in 2020 with this uh, product, and it's called Neural Lace, and uh, they, the name of the company is called Neuralink, and they're looking to roll this stuff out for medical applications here coming in 2020 for human testing. Now, they've already tested this uh, successfully in lab rats, uh, so that that's interesting, and they've so had a lot of success command. with it. Yeah, they could do it. It's <laughs> we joke about it, but man, I'll tell you that the capacities that are there, it's it's just unbelievable. The things they'll be able to do if they could implement this uh, in the human being. So, well, they've got know, this thing working. Can... Like they've got the prototype or what they're calling the prototype or the Mark One model. I guess it's out of prototype stage. I should correct myself there. And I saw what it looked like, and they showed the robot that does the implanting. It's a tiny, tiny little laser, or tiny, tiny little needle, excuse me. And uh, let's just explain how it works, uh, how far that they've actually come with this connecting you to a computer thing. It's This is now, we're in the future, guys. Guess what? <laughs> in 2020, they're going to try and get future a human. sucks. <laughs> and it's not the Jetsons. We don't have do, 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 do. No, we've got people wanting to put wires, tiny little wires in your brain connected to a chip. And if I remember correctly, it's a thousand tiny little wires that are actually smaller individually than a human hair. And it's connected to a tiny little chip that actually goes out and to a little pack around your ear. It looks kind of like an old school hearing aid. And that's got a battery and the Bluetooth transmitter thingy. And this is the greatest thing. They're connecting your brain to your iPhone. They, they said that one of the big things that they wanted to do was make sure that it's not some unique software that you got to go talk to a bunch of eggheads who only or they are the only ones that know how to deal with it and all that kind of crap. So they wanted it to, to be completely user friendly for the individual person who has the implant. So so open source. So that sounds safe and secure. Well, I don't know if it's open source. No chance oh, they're working with, no, no they're chance working with Apple. There. Right. Right. Because if it's I, an app. I wonder if. Go ahead, Wayne. Yeah, I wonder if they'll put a notification in there like they do with uh, the phones when you go down under the open source licenses when they have a disclaimer in there that any damage caused by the NSA is waived. So <laughs> I kid you not, that's in that's in your cell phone policy. If you go look under your open source licenses, depending what kind of phone you have, it's in there. The NSA has the right, reserves the right to actually... Uh, access that software and, and access your phone, any information in there. And they, they don't have any liability for any damages they may sure. cause by doing so. Yeah. Release so, and hold harmless. It's yeah. one of those things. Yep. Yep. So, but I wonder if they'll have the same kind of disclaimer on these things. Any damage done by the NSA to your brain is not their fault. Well, cer <laughs> certainly they're going to, they're going to protect themselves. I mean, whether they, whether they do it explicitly or not, they, they absolutely will um, <clears throat> release themselves from uh, any liability w without a doubt. Well, one of no the interesting things on the, um, the, the little press thingy they were doing is they said there it was actually a recruitment thing as well, which I thought was very interesting. So they're looking to bring more people on board to, to Neuralink. So 
they're moving forward with this and they're very, very serious about it. Now, of course, they always say it with the best of intentions, and this is wonderful. One of the big things they're always touting is trying to get people with conditions of paralysis and things like that to be able to function in a way that they wouldn't be able to otherwise. And that is great. I'm not saying that's not great. Obviously, medical technology is, is a beautiful thing, and we live in an era that's can do things that uh, we certainly couldn't 100 years ago. But there's always that line of where are we going? Where, where, where could this go? Let's see how dangerous well, this could sure. be. Sure. Just like just like cryptocurrency in a cashless society, they're always going to sell it as a positive first. Right. So that they'll, they'll make it desirable and that you want it. And they've been you know trotting out the first um, uh, instances of, uh, you know, implanted uh, RFID chips. So, uh, hey, it's great. I can go to work and I don't have to get my bad and lose my badge and, and we can buy, buy snacks at the vending machine. Isn't that great? <laughs> With a wave of your hand like Zoltan has in the, in his uh, in the, I think his right hand, if I remember correctly. Sure. There'd be a hand wave dismissal, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, Wayne, t take it further. What else we got? Let's talk about Elon some more. All right. Well, uh, Mr. Musk has his hands on a lot of different things. Uh, the, the big thing relating to transhumanism, though, is this whole Neuralink company. Uh, along with Neuralink, there are competitors out there working on very similar products that I think people need to keep their eyes on. Now, uh, Mr. Musk is kind of our poster child that we're given to look at for all of this stuff. He's the main figure that uh, the media wants you to look at with this. But uh, quietly in the background, there's other companies working on similar things. One in particular is a company called Kernel that I've been keeping an eye on, and that's spelled K-E-R-N-E-L. Like Kernel uh, that software. That one is also developing. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, it's, that one is also developing a, a neural lace type device that they've been working on now for the past uh, several years. I haven't heard anything in the mainstream come out about that yet, though. But, uh, you know, last I checked, it would seem that they were a little bit ahead of the game from Neuralink uh, with the different applications and stuff they were looking at with it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here. But uh, that's the thing. Elon Musk is in the position he's in for one reason and one reason only, and that's to keep the public distracted. I mean, why else would you have this guy... <laughs> yeah. Why else would you have this guy running around talking about, oh, here, here, this is my, my newest uh, project. This is Neuralink. We're going to hook your brain to a computer. And by the way, did you see my, my fancy new truck that's, uh, with the indestructible windows that smashed right out? And yeah, everything know, works he, perfect. He was even, yeah, he was even selling flamethrowers at one point. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and he, this guy's got his hands in a little bit of everything. Yeah, he's still he's still doing that the um, the flamethrower, and you know, I mean, clear, clearly, <laughs> Space you know, balls I mean, the flamethrower. Exactly. I mean, cl <laughs> clearly, he's an actor the character, kids right? Love this one. <laughs> but I but I think you know um, he's clearly an actor character. You know, he's been touted as a genius, and certainly the three of us sitting here, I, I, don't, I don't think he could, um, you know, win a, a battle of tiddlywinks with either of any of the three of us, right? He, I, I've heard him talk, and he's not bright and he gets caught in his own circuitous <clears throat> circumlocution right he just uh, backs himself into a corner and uh, says think amazing things like um well it has to you know it's real because it looks so fake um that he really did step into it there so i mean what what you've seen and i think you'll continue to see him out out front and not hear too much from colonel and these other uh places as they do it at the background is that he's the poster child for the up front and everybody oohs and ahs over him uh, as he 
plays both sides of the fence, right? So, so his angle here is that um, while AI is um, releasing the, you know, he's likened it to opening the, um, summoning the demon, right? That, um, and he's, uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but it, but it basically goes, uh, it's the guy sitting there with the, uh, with the salt and making the circle, and he's got the pentagram. He's like, sure, sure, I can, uh, I can manage this, and and he um, summons the demon, and so his, his whole push for the uh, Neuralink and the AI thing is that we we get ahead of it. So uh, basically, if you can't beat him, join him, uh, so that uh, you know he, he, we're able to uh, stay on top of it and be connected to it uh, rather than be run over it. And that's kind of that's kind of his um, uh, his take on it. And that's that's sort of how his push in the front. Everybody well, you know, say the guy's got to be a genius because he sounds so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you know he's a genius because he sounds so retarded. <laughs> yes. I like it. So you know he's got to be. You know he's got to be. the way smart. it works, right? That's right. Yes. Um, <clears throat> well, according to Greta Thunberg, uh, autism is the new genius. I mean, again, uh, nothing. Uh, my wife is has is on the autism spectrum, and she's got you know an IQ of one sixty eight. So, uh, oh, is that all? Know, so, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. She, you know, she keeps up. Um, but no, she's uh, she's. But but again, it's a spectrum. But what we've been um, you know shown is that um, we we've been uh, stigmatized with all kinds of mental health. So that's supposed to be um, now it's a superpower, right? And I I think uh, my wife would be the first to argue uh, against that it's not a superpower it's a it's a it's a struggle right to to um interact socially but anyway back to yeah, back to elon he he does appear to have um uh, some issues of his own and um even his you know his his hairline it, it has to be real because you know it's so fake because the pictures of him from his early 20s his uh, his hairline is almost as um receded as mine and i am the great baldini i'll t- tell you something about that and now now he's got a, a full head of hair so um billions of dollars uh, will do that yeah right you, you can go uh, to the william shatner school of hair implants Exactly. You too um, can have a full head of hair. Have a full head of hair. So, um, Neuralink, the CEO, um, what's his name, Jared uh, Birchall? Where where do we? Where do you know him from, uh, Wayne? Previously, where um, Birchall? Do you you know his background? I'm not familiar with background. I've just mostly kept my eyes on Elon because that's who they flaunt around all the time. So. Okay, because yeah, what he was telling me about that. Well, no, I mean, I just, I just know I've, I've heard the name, and I know, um, I, I see that um, he's both the CEO and CFO, and that's a very unusual um, situation for any uh, tech company that, they, that you would sit in both those seats. It's a, uh, a centralization of power, right? So uh, when yeah. you're both the CEO and CFO, um, that that gives me some interesting hints as to what's going on there. Definitely. That's definitely raises a red flag. Uh, I would say, you know, could this be Elon's handler? Maybe it's possible. Uh, possible. <laughs> I mean, they've been super secretive, right? They, um, it's uh, privately held, so um, they don't have to release any documents. So um, it is certainly something I would say to keep your keep your eyes very closely on. I mean, um, anything that they tell us is going to be a lie. I think, but what you could say that uh, categorically with just about any media source, anything that they tell us um, as a public relations move is going to be um, not the truth, but um, a lot of things become apparent by um, you know, their, their absence, right? So, you know, if something uh, should be there and it's not, um, keep an eye on that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I, I have to do maybe some uh, quick search on, um, on Jared because I, I've seen his name before um, and I think that he was um, 
related to DARPA. Um, Regina Dugan, she was a Gee, DARPA. what a shocker. Right. And, you know, Regina <laughs> what a shocker. Dugan, right, she's at Google <laughs> now, and she was also at DARPA, and she was um, the one responsible for the digital tattoos. Mm. Uh, and the... It, right, so um, yeah. so the, they're all kind of they're in bed together, and that that's a, a scene I don't I don't want to see play out personally. But um, uh, yeah, anyway, didn't didn't mean to interrupt. I'm just uh, I, again, this is the I try to you know keep an eye on on these guys as, as well, and um, they're uh, they're connected to. I, I'm sure you know this, Wayne. The there's a transhumanist party, the U.S. transhumanist party. There was two of them actually. They just merged. Yeah. Oh, did they? Okay. There so was the transhuman party. party and the transhumanist party. If I am recalling correctly, the transhumanist party was Zoltan Istvan's party that he started. Okay. And they, they were kind of touting themselves as liberals. Uh, before I forget, by the way, um, let me take a moment to say hello to all the bears that I'm seeing come into the chat room. Welcome. Uh, thank you so much to Owen Benjamin for all the Go amazing bears. things <laughs> that he's been uh, doing to, to help Crow and myself. He's He's been totally awesome to us. So hello <laughs> to all of you. Maybe Owen's we'll even listening. Who knows? Gravy, gravy tonight we'll try time. and kick out the gravy, man. Absolutely. So hello to all you guys. I, I see a few you coming into the, the chat room there. And by the way, hello to the Fringe FM. We should be also going out live for at least the full first hour. Don't know if it's both hours or not. Uh, I haven't heard back from Joe yet as far as that. But we'll at least be on the Fringe FM for an hour. So hello to everyone there. Anyway, carry on, Wayne. Okay, we'll carry on for sure. Um, yeah, definitely. If you see anybody... Uh, associated with these things that that has military ties and intelligence ties, uh, that should be very telling on the face of it because a lot of these companies wind up being military subcontractors. And the reason that the military subcontracts out so much is that way uh, these companies are not subject to FOIA requests. That's something people don't uh, necessarily realize. But uh, FOIA requests are, are not available for private industries. So that's why a lot of these companies like, uh, you know, say Neuralink, I don't know if they're a military subcontractor at this point, but there's other big ones that like Lockheed and all of these other ones oh, that see, are big they, major military contractors. And there that's, you go. That's, that's where I know Virchall from is from uh, he's associated with Boeing and Boeing's located here. There in you go. Where I'm from. So I knew I knew his name from somewhere. So, yeah, yep, he's got six. Go. He's he's got his fingers. Uh, this is a Birchall in six companies, um, including uh, Boeing. So uh, no Neuralink and then um, uh, some other hacking uh, groups. So anyway, didn't mean to interrupt there, but I knew that as soon as you mentioned Lockheed, I'm like, yep, they're they're tied in with the military industrial complex. There you go. And there's the tie right there that binds. And that's that's what's going on with a lot of this stuff. This way, they have these private industries are keeping the secrets. So the government, uh, you know, has a non-disclosure policy for that stuff because they, they can't. They can't uh, make this stuff liable for, for FOIA, for Freedom of Information Act requests. And that's how they keep some of the secrets secret, is they, they subcontract out to these military subcontractors and stuff like like your Lockheeds and your Boeings and your, you know, all of the other ones. McDonnell Douglas and all that. Go along yeah. with it. Yeah. McDonnell Douglas, GE. People don't realize yeah. that GE too. Sure. Oh yeah. Well, it's all GE was involved with the military-industrial complex way back when. I, <laughs> way I, I've back. looked into that. Yeah. That. I mean, you're yeah. talking all the way back into the radio days when that was first sure. coming around. Definitely. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And the compartmentalization is what helps it. Um, the need to know, right? So um, oh, sure. even even people directly involved don't know what they're doing. Well, no, and so. that's you know that's this is something maybe we could take a moment to address because it's such a universal concept. The whole concept of compartmentalization is how 
not one person other than the top of the top of the top is going to know the big picture. Like you can even apply this to say Apollo. Your grandpa, your great grandpa worked on the nuts and bolts that went on the, the buggy. So obviously it went to the moon. <laughs> well, no, that doesn't prove diddly squat. All that proves is that they made nuts and bolts that he was made supposed to be nuts and bolts. Yeah, exactly. but that's it. And, and that that's was, how they ran everything. And that's, and that was exactly the reason why um, they put, for example, the Apollo program in so many subcontractors hands and they go, Oh, we had 400,000 people working on it. So it couldn't have been a, a, you know, it couldn't have been a conspiracy. Well, the reason they got 400,000 people in the private sector working on it. So everybody could say I was involved in, and they felt they took ownership. They felt that they were a part of it. And so they were proud of it. And of course they, they then go out and defend it. Of course it's real because I made this, this nut and this bolt, my granddad made this nut, right? That, that uh, and he got paid for it. Right. So um, that's how the compartmentalization works and, and the, the spreading around of things. And um, you know, it's um, uh, funny that um, uh, what's it? Uh, I'm having a brain fart now. The, uh, the guy that they Apollo killed um, with the lemon. Um, Gus Grissom. Uh, Grissom. Grissom. Right. And the yeah. other two. And, uh, Ed Mitchell. Yeah, exactly. or, um... Right. Yeah. But Grissom specifically, um, before um, his unfortunate <clears throat> alleged a- accident, uh, said, yeah, that, um, the, you know, they're going to send us to the moon um, with the uh, each one of these parts were built with the lowest bid contract. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So makes perfect sense, doesn't it? I mean, you're, you're talking this is supposed to be the biggest accomplishment of mankind ever. And, uh, you know, they look at it. It looks like it's held together by by. <laughs> duct tape and tin foil and yeah it's the, tweak, the tweaker <laughs> shelter right the homeless tweaker shelter for sure uh yeah you look at that thing uh, imagine imagine going down into the bottom of the ocean and that's um <laughs> a, about one ten thousandth the amount of um pressure in reverse that you would have in a 10 to the minus 17 tour vacuum <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, again, uh, and and the greatest accomplishment in the history of mankind, and we erased over those tapes because <clears throat> we needed the, the yeah, tapes. Because they the ta- their budget wasn't good enough in the early 1970s that they had to erase priceless telemetry data that would never <laughs> be had again. And then that, they lost yeah. all the technology on top of it. We destroyed the technology. Uh, sorry, that's a little unbelievable. <laughs> and it's painful. It's a painful it's, process to, to build it's it painful. back again. It's a painful it's process. It's a painful process. It's a painful process yes. to bring back. That's a little like, honey, I accidentally recorded wrestling over our wedding video. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a good one. <laughs> Same kind of thing. Oh, before before I forget, I saw a couple people making mention of something that I actually think is really important. They were talking about the Bill Cooper Mystery Babylon series. Here's my public service announcement for the Bill Cooper Mystery Babylon series. Go through all 42 or 43 episodes. I forget exactly how many there are every year. Go, go through it once a year and figure out just how much crap that Bill Cooper put in there. Now, I have a lot of secondary thoughts about Bill Cooper, especially his his early days. But he got his shit together for the most part later on, and that series is fan freaking tastic. Wayne, you probably oh, have something yeah, to about that if uh, Baldini doesn't. That'll give you a college education in the end. Oh, yeah. You, get, you walk yeah, away with a master's degree that. after that. Because I've double, double and triple checked some of that info. Not every bit of it, but it's some good gravy. 
It's absolutely. And, and, you know, I would just, my thing is always kind of point out when people go, this guy's a shiller. He's a, he's co-intel pro, uh, you know, um, bait, you know, traps don't work if there's no bait in it. Right. So that you're going to get, you're going to get true information in there. Um, and you know, Bill Cooper is no, no exception. Even if he were, um, controlled opposition, um, he threw out some of the, some of the best bait there was. I mean, you know, again, George Carlin, I consider him, um, controlled opposite again, put it in humor, right. You put that stuff in humor, but it doesn't mean that what they were saying wasn't legitimate i mean so again i I always say just eat the meat and throw away the bones um use learn to use good discernment but bill cooper definitely um he he had uh consolidated feces for sure (laughs) he he had his shit yes he did (laughs) sorry well pretty much he's one of the only people we know that really did put his money where his mouth is and uh they gunned him down for it and that that's a fact that that's Completely on the record that he got blown away outside of his house. Yep. Yep. No mm-hmm. doubt about it. It is, it is what it is. One of those things. He must have been. He must have been saying something that the uh, powers that be didn't like. Well, so, just a few. Uh, yeah, just a few days before nine uh, eleven, said, "Hey, they're gonna. Something's gonna happen with Osama bin Laden." And when it happens, and they blame him, don't you believe it? And that was pretty much the last thing I heard him say publicly. Yeah. No. I, I've heard some of the last broadcasts. I've heard the ones where he's gone after Alex Jones big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, I didn't didn't mean to sidetrack us. So, so yeah, back to to Felon uh, Muscovitz, um <laughs> and his and his lovely uh, hair. Seems like a nice uh, guy. Yeah, he does seem like a really <laughs> really super guy. Um, but yeah, with the the Neuralink thing again, you know, my take being that um, he's the the poster child for upfront and to make it look fun and exciting. Um, and it's you know the Tesla of your brain, right? Um, and to to make it desirable, uh, while they sneak in all the good backdoor stuff. And I'm I'm curious to get your take, Wayne. On I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll get there at some point during this conversation. But uh, my thoughts um, generally on it is uh, what's going to happen as soon as they um, what's going to be the first hacking case, right? That that somebody's going to um, you know out- outdoor break through the quote unquote firewall uh, and hack into somebody's limbic system. Right. And uh, try to take control of your pineal gland. So, um, you know, I, I think security is always going to be uh, a risk there. But um, w- what do you think on that wing? I think that's the main reason that they have the quantum computers for the sure. encryption capability. And I think that uh, this all ties hand in hand with one another, uh, because let's face it, the intelligence agencies, they want to own that the capability to hack the human brain. Yeah, I was going to say that that's the, the, what it's all about. Yeah, the encryption isn't to prevent it; it's to it's to allow it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely, and it's to allow only them to be able to do so. Exactly. That's what the encryption's about. Yeah. Because let's face it: that your your standard average hacker is not going to have access to something as uh, pricey as a quantum computer. So I think that's by and large what this is all about. Because one of the uh, biggest uh, companies that owns a quantum computer and is is using a D-Wave quantum computer right now is an encryption firm in D.C. I can't think of the name of the company off the top of my head, but they're one of the few people that actually owns one of these D-Wave computers. There's only a few of them so far. Yeah, right. NASA has one, Caltech, Stanford, um, MIT shares time with uh, Caltech, right? And then, um, yeah, I think there's only five of them out there in current. There's one at Purdue University that's... uh, you know, they use sentient world simulation for that on that one. There's one there. There's also one, I, I forget the name of the, it's a military subcontractor that does uh, 
uh, internet security and and all of that stuff. I can't think of the name of it, but they they also have one, and it's right there in D.C. So my question is, oh, let's take one moment to say hello to Shinzo the Great. We have our first super chat for dollar ninety nine, who says, "Have an awesome show, guys! Thank you so much." <laughs> if you have a question, hit us up, man. I'll be happy to read it on the air. But uh, what would happen if you neuralinked up to a D wave? That's a good. Inquiring question. minds want to know. <laughs> Well, I mean, and, and so I mean, keep in mind though that the the quantum computers, like the D wave, they're not they're not the fastest. They run on a, on the, the principle of the quantum computing, which I can't even verify really as a thing that the way they're describing. I mean, the 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 real supercomputers out there are the stuff that again, the NSA, um, the Cray supercomputers, and you know, they're Cray Cray. <laughs> no, but the Cray supercomputers, those are the ones that um, uh, you know NSA is doing the real time um, world simulations on. Um, they're doing multiple, you know, simulations at a time. Um, but I, I do think that you know the quantum computing is is tying into it. But th- those are where the real, um, you know, teraflop uh, uh, processing per second. I mean, that those are the guys that are really really crunching the numbers. Uh, are the the alphabet agencies right? They're the ones who are really doing the current um, simulations in real time. And when they take over, you know. I mean, I'm sure we'll get there, but ultimately when they get everybody uh, to buy in and get a chip um, and they're going to, you know, have real time uh, monitoring and, and control, it's going to be the board, right? That's That seems to be what they're pushing for is that we're all uh, – the benefits are we can all talk to each other without a, without a cell phone or a pocket, yeah. uh, but there is really no privacy at that point. No, and that's going to be a, a term that you're going to hear come about within about the next five years or so that you'll hear more and more. It's called cognitive liberty, and mm-hmm. that's going to be one of the big issues in the, the near future uh, because of this whole idea of technology and being able to uh, connect your brain to the Internet of Things and uh, yeah, the Internet of Thoughts, that, which is they? also a coming thing. Yeah, the, the Internet of Thoughts. The Internet of Thoughts. Let's get to that in one second. Trey Clark. Well, I know yeah. who you are. Thank you for the nine ninety nine. You got a question, brother? Good to see you here. I heard Trey Clark sucks. <clears throat> no, he said. <laughs> he, he said. What do you mean you heard? He says loud and he proud. Sang. Wrote a little song about it. Little song about <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about the Internet of Thought because. You know, it's one thing to have an Internet of Things, and maybe we should just do a quick review here. So we have the Internet, which is what, what we're on right now. Uh, they're trying to do an Internet of Things, which is all of the things like your toaster, talking to your washing machine that's screwing the refrigerator and all that kind of thing. And those things are all going to communicate and report on you in real time back to whomever, whomever that might be. And then, uh, well... That's bad enough, I think. I think that's part of what the whole 5G tie-in is going to be. Oh, we just got another one. $2 from Berserker Bear. Thank you so much. <coughs> Secrets of Saturn services the country gravy. <laughs> ah, thank we you, got, Berserker Bear. Right yes, we do. So, we yeah, try our best. And then when we get the... When we get to the to Ray Kurzweil, he is the, one of the the big pushers of the BCI, the Brain Cloud Interface, right? That he's um, that that's kind of his his baby, um, is the you know um, the beast. What he's calling the BCI, the Brain Cloud Interface. Yeah. So right. think about this for a moment, folks. This this is what they're trying to do. They've got the five G network they're setting up, which is going to be stupid fast, and it's not just so you can watch the the latest crappy Star Wars movie that sucks beyond all belief. Solo lost money, remember, and. Uh, 
No, that that's for all this insane amount of information to be zapped all over the place from everyone's house and everyone's device and all the crap. And now they're trying to convince you to want to put it in your head. Do you want to do that? Do you want to be part of the collective? I mean, it's not we're not kidding here when we make jokes about the Borg. Everyone's going to be Locutus soon. But anyway, Wayne, I, I kind of interrupted you there. Go ahead and carry on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a, kind of a really disturbing take on things. It is. It's true. I mean, that that's exactly what they're they're looking for. Uh, they they want to connect everybody's thoughts together on the Internet of Thoughts, and this is going to be a subsystem of the Internet of Things. And the reason that they they need this data speed that they're pushing with the 5G, and actually, I think that the 6G network that'll be coming afterwards will be an, another big uh, step up. In as far as that goes, they're looking for the data speed. They're looking at being able to transmit data at the speed of thought. And that's what they need in order to make this thing a reality. So, uh, and that's, a, that, argue, that's one of the side effects on the 5G. I mean, it can also be used as, um, you know, again, uh, targeted weapon, weaponized, um, uh, you know, looking into the, the specific frequencies that they have. You can certainly do a um, yep. basically real time visualization of, of a room. You can um, really map it in real time. Uh, in the same way that echolocation or sonar radar kind of works, it, it, you're using the same ideas at uh, millimeter wave scale. So um, it, right. it, you can use it um, at that platform um, we, we, just at the 5G level. And then just the basic data I've seen on the 6G is uh, mind-boggling. It's um, th There's no quite – you can't look at it without saying it's designed uh, as a weaponized system with um, data carrying um, as a secondary or tertiary uh, level function. Uh, it is specifically designed as a weaponized system, in, in, in my right. opinion. So we have James True right. in the chat room. Uh, hey, James, I'm looking forward to recording with you next week. But he said the singularity is the Lucifer, and I think he might <laughs> be right about that. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I figured we'd get uh, there later, but I'm um, 110%. Yeah, yeah we're that, kind yeah. of building toward that with yeah. this whole interconnectedness thing. But uh, You beat us to the punch, bro. Yeah, exactly. He he went right yeah. for that, that big red target in the middle. It's like, bing, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just like, shut the show yeah. down. We got it. I got you covered. We got it. Um, you got it, man. Oh, I see all sorts I of people. I see actually... Karen Bias. I've been uh, Balderson here. We got we, Brian Stabley. We got, we got the whole crew. There's a couple people I, I know here. Yep. Uh, Karen well, B. Quite a few Hello. in the chat room there. Rocker Chick. I know I know a lot of these folks. Uh, there's somebody named Rosa keeps talking a lot. She sounds familiar. I'm not sure. This is where the cool kids hang <laughs> out. What, 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 what are we doing here, Wayne? I have no idea, <laughs> honestly. No idea how we wound up here in the, the cool kid table. I know. You know? That's pretty awesome. <laughs> so, Thanks yeah, for inviting I don't know. us, by the way, Jason. Yeah, you are the cool kid. Well, yeah, Jason's the cool kid. I hope I've got the, the cool table in the lunchroom here, and I, I welcome, as of right now, 108 people. <laughs> Outstanding. Okay, so we, so we all interrupted. Uh, wait, we keep interrupting. I know. We, we get all excited. That's but, the beautiful uh, part about a live stream. I, I like this that it's a lot more. Gotta uh, love it. Hey, Brian. So yeah, and I got to I got to tell you, this is my uh, my first uh, live stream. Most of the shows that I've done have been recorded, and I was um, before we um, got together tonight. I was listening to oh, your last um, stream, uh, and I was like, oh, I should have been on that one because a um, subliminal program. Man, I, that's I go way back into the '80s on that one. I know more about that than than this. But um, that was a, a great show and. Um, uh, but yeah, this is my fir first live screen. So I'm um, live screen. Yeah. See, that's the beauty of, of live podcasting. Oh yeah. Actually this format is really easy oh, for me. I, I'm normally very particular about 
everything being perfect with with released episodes but with we decided to do a live stream when Wayne and I came up with the idea so that we can have it be a more chill and relaxed you know more like a conversation amongst friends and if somebody happens to hiccup oh freaking well you know it, it is what it is but anyway yeah I thought Russell Babbitt uh, Russell rabbit. Babbitt we know him too R- Russell Russell's rabbit yeah I thought he was gonna hand me a blunt or something I was like it was so chill hey Don I know who you are too <laughs> yeah I'm trying I'm trying to pay attention to the chat room as much as I can so I'm not uh I'm not ignoring anybody on purpose. I'm just kind of glancing over as it's flying by here. I'll, I'll, I'll hey, get better Sue at this. Fidelity. It's only my third rodeo. Sue, I know Sue. Hey, what's up? Yeah. Anyway, all, all right. right. Well, we keep yeah, it yeah. on the rodeo. And uh, okay, so back to uh, <laughs> Wayne. Get back uh, on that the, pony. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Bubba. All righty then. Okay, so, <laughs> only a handful of rodeos here between us all. So you know. Uh, okay, we, so we'll figure it so, out as so we go. So Wayne is the we'll is do the, it uh, live. Rodeo clown. He's the he's the rodeo. Uh, all right, so uh, he's taking us back to uh, Elon Muscovich uh, and his exciting Neuralink technology. Muscovich. Muscovich. Uh, Comrade Mikro, you will continue with transhumanist conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it is most important you put in this brain. Duh? Duh. Not the vodka. Yeah. Uh, it was moose and squirrel. Duh. Moose and squirrel. Yes, boy, darling. Well, Rocky, now watch me pull the rabbit out of my head. Oh, my God, he's too good at that. (laughs) He does voices, too. That's great. Uh, All right, Wayne, where are we at here? We we don't want to get too sidetracked. Here's my question. I have no idea. It's like we're all sitting around (laughs) drinking scotch or something. I, I wish, uh, but here's my, here's my question for for Wayne. As we go through these guys, um, would you agree that um, of the uh, of the players that we're talking about t- tonight, um, the Elon Musk is the um, Boris Badenov of the group. He is the uh, he is the rodeo clown and and uh, the one most out front, but least to be taken seriously. Yeah, absolutely, and he's playing the part really well. That, yeah. That's the. Thing. That's the job that they gave him. He's he's the poster child. Let's put it that way. Yeah. He's the poster boy for all of this stuff. They put him out there front and center. We're going to Mars. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're, we're going to Mars. Okay. Yeah, we might go to Mars once you get your Neuralink thing in your head and, and you think you went to Mars. You know, they, they made a movie. I saw that, that movie. Total Recall yeah. back in the 90s. Yeah, we See were you at the body, Richter. Weren't we? You know. <laughs> sure, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Wayne's all excited. I can just tell he's just giggling <laughs> so hard now. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, anyway, but yeah, back to the point. Elon's the figurehead. Let's put it that way. They they put him out front to draw everybody's attention to these different things. It's like look over here. It's the magician's trick. He's telling you look over here. In the meantime, they have other stuff going on, and you know DARPA and the DOD have their hands all over all of this stuff. So you know. It, yeah, I it's think, one of those I, things. I think not just the hands all over, but I think they're behind just in the same way that we see, um, you know, fa- Facebook, um, you know, is a <clears throat> they, they came out. Um, was it 45 days uh, after they shut down the, the NSA version of it? Um, so it, it's a. Uh, Again, as you say, it's the it's the magician's trick. It's uh, uh, sort of bait and switch. It's it's a fun loving cover that they put on the front of it. Um, it's a you know it's Mad Magazine comic book up front uh, to make you um, 
uh, like it, right? So it becomes um, something that, that you want, you want to be a part of. You don't want to be, you know, you got the fear of being left out, right? Um, so uh, that that's where I, I see it going is why he why he's in front um, is he's the guy to make it fun and exciting and you don't want to be left out. And this is going to be just like the uh, the iPhone was um, when it first was released. You, you don't want to be the last guy on the block to get it and you just stand in line uh, to get that chip and salsa. <laughs> Gotta have the salsa with the chip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think that? What do you think the brain salsa is going to be? We know they're they're bringing the brain chips, but what about the brain salsa? What do you think the salsa is going to be, Baldini? Well, I, I can tell you that with the um, the human brain cloud interface thing that Kurzweil was talking about, right? Is that um, the the scary part to me is that they really are. Um, this whole idea of nanorobots, right? They really are pushing that, and and they've got things now that, um, I mean, they're suggesting that they can use um, uh, these items that go through the the neocortex and actually cross the blood brain barrier. And um, I know that, um, and this again now ties into the real conspiracy stuff of the uh, chemtrailing is that they you're using you know aluminum uh, particulate nanoparticulate matter, and that is small enough once it gets absorbed into the skin and once it gets in the bloodstream, that is small enough to Across the the blood brain barrier, and that means again tied in with 5G. That's like sticking aluminum foil in a microwave, right? So so it can be directly accessed. So to me, I, I mean, as I look at this stuff, I see that it's all all tied together. Um, the, the, we look at these just like the compartmentalization. We look at these as separate rabbit holes in the big conspiracy theory. But ultimately, I think it is all going to tie together. Um, none of these, from what I from what I watch these they right the pic people in charge or whatever um there's very little wasted motion um and even the things that they do as a distraction have some um meaningful um the value to it to them uh so whether that's to inject fear porn or um to uh, just you know create a distraction or uses um predictive programming everything they do has got some value to it but ultimately uh, to me i see the um all these things whether it's the internet of thought uh, whether it's the 5g whether it's um the the cam trailing uh, they're all interrelated uh pushing toward uh, a main goal and when we get to the the singularity um and and who's behind it uh, i think that's where it's it's going to come out and, and you're going to see um at some point um i, I think they're going to that's going to be the, the savior right to me that that's what the ai is pushing to be is it's going to um they're going to push it as a, as the idea that uh, it's impartial it can't be um uh, corrupted uh, and so it will be um given um the 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 ro- rules of robotics and that you know it's going to put mankind first and it's going to be fair and, and so it can be the leader of us all uh and then we're all going to connect to it with the with the internet of thought with that chip uh and then they've got total control over everyone and everything and i think i totally sync up with everything you just said there Oh, no, we're in sync. Uh, sounds, we're, we're, uh-oh, yeah. we're, we're ahead of Yeah, that. I know. It, it, that sounds spot on to me. Don't get your neural just to back crossed. up what you're saying, <laughs> just to back up what you're saying here, just in case people think that this technology is in the realm of science fiction, I'm going to read a little portion of an article that was uh, from it, – It's this is actually a, a research paper, and it's from Frontiers in Neuroscience, uh, issue 13 of 2019, starting at page 112. And this is an abstract about human brain and cloud interface. And I'm just going to read a little portion of this, uh, starting towards the end here of the abstract of, of this uh, paper. It says, a neural nanorobotically enabled human BCI 
might serve as a personalized conduit, allowing persons to obtain direct, instantaneous access to virtually any facet of cumulative human knowledge. Other anticipated applications include myriad opportunities to improve education, intelligence, entertainment, traveling, and other interactive experiences. A specialized application might be the capacity to engage in fully immersive experiential sensory experiences, including what is referred to here as transparent shadowing, TS. Pay attention to that term, folks. Transparent shadowing. Through TS, or transparent shadowing, individuals might experience episodic segments of the lives of other willing participants, locally or remote, to hopefully encourage and inspire improved understanding and tolerance among all members of the human family. And there you go. That's what they're talking about in serious scientific research journals about this stuff, well, about the nanotech. There this is, is, a, this yeah. is the real deal right now. And I would argue that the, the state of this technology is far in advance of what they're rolling out publicly. I think Neuralink is a distraction. I think they've been there, done that. They're able to build these self-assembling nano-neurological uh, robots uh, that can self-assemble in, inside the human body and create this neural lace type device within the human body without people even realizing it's going on and upload information that way. So is uh, that, I really and, and have I'll, firm I'll reason back, to believe this is going on. And I'll back up what you just um, presented there, Wayne, with, again, this is from worldhealth.net, right, which is um, – and that's from the uh, American Academy of Anti-Aging. Um, so, again, anti-aging, uh, tying in with um, the transhumanism, we're going to extend your life, right? So they're saying basically uh, the exact same thing, that they're already doing this with mice, um, that they're big, one of their biggest challenges um, in using the nanoparticulates and nanorobots uh, is that they need the bandwidth, and there's where your 5 and 6G comes in. Um, they have the supercomputing power already necessary. They just need the transmission uh, to be able to do this. And so um, they've already oh. been able to, let me read this, um, in living mice already uh, to couple external magnetic fields uh, to neuro, uh, neuroelectric uh, fields, right? So the uh, field capacitance from your brain already, that is to detect and locally amplify these magnetic signals to allow them to alter the electrical activities of the neurons. So it's a two-way street. Um, they're saying that both you, you can both control your environment, uh, but also, again, have it reverse go into you and influence your thoughts. So here we go. This could work in reverse. Um, electrical signals produced by neurons and neurorobots can be amplified via magnetoelectric uh, nanoparticles to allow the detection outside the skull. All right. So a detailed analysis of the biodistribution and biocompatibility of nanoparticles is required before they can be considered for human development. But they already have done it uh, in living mice. Uh, and... Um, you know, here here's the disclaimer. Even though there's a great potential for good, there's just as much potential for negative if one thinks it's worth the risk. And then they poo-poo that right away, saying, uh, we've got our hands all over it. Uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm, mathematician specializing in chaos theory. <clears throat> Where have we seen that before, Jason? Mm. So, again, it all ties together, right? So, chaos theory. W where do you know that from? Uh, order out of chaos, right? So, these guys, um, when you look. Yeah, right. So when you uh, put all these things together and look at who's moving the pieces, um, that they are all wearing uh, the same jerseys. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. okay, guys. They're, these guys have nothing but your best interests in mind. Absolutely. So they'll take care of it all. Whose best interest? They, they won't possibly do anything nefarious with this. <laughs> never. That would <laughs> never happen, Wayne. 
how, never how, in a how, billion years. How, who, who would, how dare you who think, would think for an instant? Yeah, who would think for an instant that say government institutions or subcontractors would you know maybe do something that doesn't benefit the public, but that you know binds their pocketbook or benefits them in some way, shape, or form? I don't know. Never happened, right? Never. <laughs> so, all right. So now we have uh, Elon Musk. He's out in front. Um, he's the poster child, um, uh, rodeo cowboy uh, clown. Um, he's waving the red, um, the red flag at the bull. Uh, and and now, who who are the the, the bulls? Now we got the Ray Kurzweil, um, and uh, you know he's been around for for a long time, uh, and he's been doing the background work as a futurist. Um, so tell tell us more about um, about Ray. I love Ray Kurzweil. No. Every time I see him, his hair gets even better. I love his <laughs> keyboards. I've been I've been playing uh, Kurzweil keyboards since the K two fifty. Do you want to um, show the, off a little bit, Great Baldini? No, no, no. Um, no. <laughs> no? That's, that's not. I don't do that. Okay. Um, but uh, but but um, the I'm studio. I worked at a studio way back in the day, and we had a uh, one of the first uh, eighteen of their units. Um, the big K two fifty. It had uh, ivory uh, and. Um, uh, ebony keys, like real wooden keys, covered in um, uh, well, it's bone. So because ivory had just been outlawed, uh, but it was um, I don't know thirty six thousand dollars, something like that. Fully loaded was the first sampling um, keyboard, and um, one of the first songs that they did. Every every single part was done. Uh, was um, I remember? Um, uh, let's see, what was the name of the movie? Uh, so the the theme song to uh, let's see it was um, Man in Motion. Um, Saint Elmo's Fire was oh, yeah, the name yeah, of the movie, yeah. and the theme song dun, to that. Dun, dun, every, dun, dun, every single sound, dun. yep, every single sound on that song um, is done with that keyboard. It was kind of a showpiece for it. Uh, and once that came out, I mean, you can tell it's got a little funky, but um, but uh, all the studio musicians in LA um, uh, they got a little shook up when they realized all those orchestral parts could could be done uh, by a keyboard player. And a lot of people um, really uh, e- even string and horn players learned to play keyboards real fast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, first of all, uh, as a as a musician, they they've had the best um, by far the best piano samples um in, in you know that, that i've heard and they're um uh, really you know but less so on the synthesizer sounds it still goes to you know like yamaha and korg and roland and those guys but um when it comes to natural samples and and um uh pianos and stuff uh Kurzweil by far leads the pack and and that was just a uh i don't know a sideline for him he really is he's been pushing the transhumanist thing for a long 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 time that's right. And it must yeah, be working for him because his hair does keep getting better every time I see his conferences. <laughs> well, he takes mine. That's why I'm Baldini, right? He he took oh. all my hair. That rich bastard. I know it. Well, see, that's one of the big uh, big benefits of transhumanism is we'll all have great hair. So, <laughs> so I'm out. They'll right? be able already. to grow all new hair. No, you're gonna you you're gonna be so. right in because <laughs> no. they're going to embrace you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be low cutest of, of cue ball, right? They did a cue ball. They're gonna they're they're gonna give you like like a like a uh, oh I don't know, maybe a pompadour or something. Yeah. Oh, I'll I'll turn from baldini into hairdini, uh, and then I'll di- and then I'll disappear. It'll be my Oof. disappearing act. Right. Um, yeah. So, no, so anyway, so uh, yeah. So let's uh, segue if we want to 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 uh, to Ray. To Ray. Uh, 
I actually Ray. have some of his predictions pulled up. Let me get back to the page I have here on my phone. I was hoping you would. Yeah, yep. I was hoping you would. Go ahead and start, Wayne, because I, I must have closed the page up by accident. Let me find it here. Yeah, I've got, I've got it handy, right. too. Yeah, the, now this uh, is a, this uh, is a big thing. He's a... put out multiple books since, I think, the 90s, if I remember correctly, and every time in these books he would have groups of predictions, and he would kind of do it by decades-ish, uh, he did 90s to the 2000s, the 2010, the 2020, 2050, and beyond. And the beyond stuff is pretty freaking crazy, let me tell you. Yeah. And, yes, it uh, is. Let, let's, yeah, let, so let's, let's talk about to, this. Yeah, so to delineate, I mean, he was the, one of the first guys really talking about artificial intelligence and nanotechnology and putting those things uh, together. Um, and so really, really, whenever he initially said, when I first heard him say it in the I don't know, late 80s, um, it was considered... Like, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, right, Ray. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. Um, yeah, well, that's and, before and you I, got with Google. Right. And I, and I think people didn't realize in, in the way that most people don't realize now um, is that what the military industrial complex is working on is literally decades ahead of what anything that we get shown in sci-fi movies. And, and that's including Moore's Law. Right, so what what they're actually implementing is so far out in front of what most people can even envision. Um, that uh, again, we can go back to the old quote: "It would be for most people indistinguishable from magic. They they wouldn't be able to tell uh, the difference." Right, and not only that, Moore's law is a thing of the past now. Yeah, uh, they invented in 2014 publicly. They, this is publicly this came out. They invented what's called a nanofinite state machine. And what this basically does is it, it takes away the problem of Moore's law. Uh, the computing power could be whatever they need it to be using these little nano devices uh, that will network together to create the computing power that they need. Sure, so and, that's, this, and that's what the idea of the, the quantum computer law. in qubits is, right? So once you get into qubits, right. you, you don't Moore's law is, um, is obviated. You don't; it doesn't become a, a roadblock or barrier anymore uh, because you you have these uh, multi-state. Uh, they exist in multiple states at the same time. Right, and another thing, uh, the the quantum computers run on something called Rose's law now. Uh, they use that. That's in place of Moore's law. But so even Rosicrucians now run it. <laughs> well, the, it was named after Jordy Rose, the the head. Oh, I know, yeah, the COO. I know. Sure, yeah, I know Jordy. But mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, but that's who it was. This law was named after. But this was the same kind of concept as Moore's law. But even that is something of the past now, because now they're talking about being able to use these quantum computers to create not just three different states, but four states. Uh, I've seen that come out just recently too. I just read so in the chat that uh, Seabear asked, um, do you guys think they are dropping live nanotech on us right now via chemtrails? Yeah, I was just about to get to that. Yes. Let's, let's talk do about I... that for a moment. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. uh, Wayne, Wayne, you first. Uh, let's talk about that. If anybody's interested, up on Vimeo right now, you could see uh, my presentation from Shoot the Moon NYC, uh, where this is exactly what I talk about. This is, I think, what is going on. Uh, definitely. The, we're being sprayed. With uh, it's been shown, there's aluminum nanoparticles, uh, barium, strontium, all these different particulates uh, that are coming from these these chemtrails that they vehemently deny, but yet they also verify. And they call it geoengineering mm -hmm. or solar radiation management or any number of other things right yep. now that they're saying uh, that this is supposedly going to be 
the thing that stops the the whole runaway global warming thing that mm-hmm. they claim is going on. They're going to block out the sun and cool the planet to save us from ourselves. Pretty sure much. we're that, we're not doing it, but we're, we we're, of course we're not doing that, but we're doing this, which looks the right, right. same. And it's a bad no, idea, not, but we have to. Yeah, right. No, no, there's no chemtrails, but there's geoengineering. Exactly. <laughs> you could call let's, it whatever. Let's play with words now, people. Right. Uh, homo cumulus clouds. What does that mean? Uh, man-made. 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 Yeah. yeah, I mean. And how no, many no new clouds there. was it that the g- got added in the past few years? I'm 24, forgetting. I think. It's, I think yeah, 20, it's, it's, it's in the 20s. Few. I know it's quite a few. But uh, anyway, so back, back to that question. Are they using uh, chemtrails to drop nanorobotics? Uh, on us right now. So one vote, uh, Wayne says yes, and it has a yes. presentation to back it up. Yes, uh, it does. Mr. Mr. Lingren. Yeah, no, I, I think a, a very strong definitely maybe while we don't have <laughs> exactly. Uh, nice commitment. Nice commitment from you. I like the way you- I like the way you take a firm a, stance on that. Maybe I like rigid barriers of somewhat, doubt and uncertainty. Maybe. <laughs> no, I, I think that there's a very strong possibility of that. And the problem is we don't know exactly what is in the chemtrails, but we do know that there's very minute particulate uh, of several different kinds of things and, and they're metallic. So minimally, I have thought that it must be being used as some sort of antenna system. But for, for all we know, with the amount of money that must be getting dumped into the, the geoengineering programs, it's got to be, uh, well, there's a distinct possibility that it's being used for multiple, multiple pers- purposes, if I can spit the words out. Oh, there's been multiple other things other than just metal nar- man- nanoparticulates and stuff found in it. Uh, fungi. Organic, yeah. Uh, different insect r- RNA human, strands. Human blood cells, human, white blood cells, human blood DNA. Cells. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, and my vote is a combination of the two. Um, I, I would uh, go with the, the Reverend Holy Doctor Lindgren's uh, absolutely, positively, maybe. Um, I'll, I'll take uh, take some of that, and I'm going to put it in the blender with um, uh, Doctor McCroy's um, uh, absolutely. I'm going to say, um, from my take, they absolutely can. Um, I think they have. Um, do I think it is all the time, every time? No. Um, I think it's uh, in a test plat- a test platform. Um, I think the quote-unquote geoengineering um, uh, persistent uh, contrails <clears throat> uh, is used for a variety of different things, um, including, um, the again, the nanoparticulates, especially the aluminum, barium, strontium uh, combo, uh, which, again, once it's absorbed into the skin and crosses the blood-brain barrier, um, I think that's... Um, used i i think and then this gets really out there um this goes to you know uh shout out to richie from boston on the targeted individuals thing um most people think that's crazy nuts but um the uh, all the patents are out there um that it's absolutely has been able to, i mean they've had the patents since the early 19 late 1970s early 1980s um that darpa held those patents uh, to be able to do um direct to your brain, um, voice and music and thoughts and all kinds of stuff. Um, so, uh, use as an antenna, um, and a dipolar array for that. Um, once it gets inside your head, because you have the two uh, hemispheres of your head there, it, if you polarized it, that's a dipolar array. Um, you could do all kinds of stuff. So, um, and then w- with uh, nano robotics, uh, they've been telling us for years uh, that it's you know uh, the cutting edge of sci-fi. Uh, to me, that means it's already been done. So, um, yeah, I think that it's been done. Um, I, I don't think it's a 
daily occurrence. I, I think it's a test bed. Um, we'll we'll see. Uh, I think that there's uh, many facets to the whole chemtrailing thing. Sure. Uh, this is just one part of it. And yep. like you said, it doesn't happen all the time. Like they're not always spraying this particular set of substances. Okay. But there are other substances they're spraying too for a number of reasons. And uh, a lot of it is because it creates uh, an antenna type effect in the, uh, the upper ionosphere for one thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so there, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons that they do this. It's a multifaceted kind of a program. Sure. All the stuff that they do is things going on. And I'm pretty sure uh, from the research I've seen, I've come to the conclusion that most likely the secret space program that everybody talks about has directly to do with this. And I think that's a a lot of interesting. Yeah. Secret space. There's there's a lot to the secret space program bit. And I think that by and by and large, this plays right along with it. Uh, You're talking about things like uh, a space fence and and things of that nature that Lockheed has been working on. Um, You know, there's a lot going on behind the scenes with this stuff. There's a lot of money tied up in it. And, uh, it's it's being done for multiple reasons. It's a multifaceted type of a platform that they're using to do this. They're using it for different different vectors. There's different things they they could do weather modification with this stuff, which they they have uh, significantly done in the past. And you know it's it's feasible they're doing so now with things like the the Harp array and mm-hmm. and similar uh, subsystems that they have worldwide. Um, that's just one facet of the whole program the and other Karen, facet like i said is this, this nanotech uh, that they've been spraying as well and there's other things that i'm sure that we don't even know about that are going on with oh, this absolutely. stuff and this is absolutely. just one of the vectors they're using for it sure and so, karen b is a is a rock star because she just tossed in to tie into the harp she thing did. With not, not only the the esoteric 1313 thank you for that thank Karen. you for the super um, chat yep <laughs> Yeah, but uh, the barium and strontium are uh, superconductors, <laughs> and could they be mani- manipulating the ether uh, or some kind of EM field? Absolutely. I, I, I think that one's a hands-down. They absolutely are yeah. uh, manipulating the, the ether. They deny, you know, of course, with the— um, There's no uh, ether. <laughs> but with, you're right. With Einstein hand wave dismissing the ether uh, with, um, you know, his uh, general theory of relatives, <clears throat> his general fear of relatives. There you go. Um, general uh, and— <laughs> Uh, theory, his general fear of special relatives. That's what I call it. Um, <laughs> oh, here comes Aunt Sally. <laughs> oh, she's going to leave oh, the I'm right in the closet. Dang it now. Oh. Get, back, get back in the basement. Pretend <laughs> like we're not home. I'm going to turn into Boomhauer in a minute. Um, uh, no, but uh, but but yes, uh, uh, the ether. Yes, again, I could say absolutely, it's a thing because um, none of Maxwell and Planck's Maxwell's equations don't work without an ether, and we've been that's the basis of all electromagnetic, um, uh, all of our electronics. So they're talking at both sides of their mouth, and they have been since the turn of the last century. Uh, but could they be? Uh, they absolutely are uh, with HARP. Um, and then you know they say that they shut it down. Well, that's because they got 34 different. I mean that was just a, a trial run they got 34 of those things all over um the the world i'm not going to say planet but all over the world and they absolutely are doing uh that uh, continually and I, and I think that um you know when we hear the resonance um frequency that um they're they're changing that and i uh, to me uh, i see evidence that they're they're trying to change the the, the core resonance frequency um of not only the the earth but of, of people um and, and um, i think if you could if you could 
um, from my perspective, if you could change um, the electromagnetic wave uh, that uh, happens in, in your thought process um, and, and just bump it up even uh, even a, like three-tenths of a percent, um, it would have serious uh, consequences both emotionally and um, mentally uh, on a person and could do um, what is one of the scariest things that I've seen. The results is that what you could, they call being unstuck in time, um, where people mm. don't relate to um, the perception of time in the same way, um, and it makes them psychotic. Um, and they perceive the world at a different um, rate, um, whether that's uh, some people go a little bit forward or some people a little bit backwards. So people, um, some people perceive the world as moving in slow motion and other people perceive the world as going really fast. But if you become what's just Google it called unstuck in time is kind of what they call it. Um, that's one of the scariest things that, that I've seen in terms of um, potential modification uh, of somebody's um, uh, they're basically the resonant frequency and the, and the, um, the frequency at which um, the brain processes information if you could alter that um, man that, that's a that, that would be to me super, super ugly that's one of the I don't like to get scary stuff but I, I look at that I go that's potential for bad juju well there's something yes. I want to add to that by the way but uh, apparently I just got word we're going to Keep going on the Fringe FM for the second hour, so the full show will be continuing out in the Fringe FM. So hello again to everyone on the Fringe FM. I'm glad to uh, to have the show there. But anyway, you and I, I were having a conversation not too long ago, if I remember correctly, that basically the, the modern physicists or theoretical physicists don't actually have a clue about how things are structured. So this massive amount of data that they can't account for or the mass is what it is they just make up a variable that they call dark matter it's like oh well, sure. we, we need this variable we need something there so we're just gonna make some crap up and say okay now now that equation will work because we want it to work and when oh, in reality yeah, <laughs> yeah that goes all the way back to so that goes all the way back to the um uh to to again einstein and um when you're uh we're, we're looking at the um um, the test for ether, and so you have the. Um, oh, see now I'm having the brain fart again. The the spinning table with the interferometer. Um, oh gosh, what? No, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why did I just suddenly forget it? Right, it's like when I what are we talking time. about? Um, so the the test for ether uh, that proved that oh, the, the Michael the, Morley Michael Morley. Morley right so when they do the Michael Morley experiment um, right so um, uh, do, doing the spinning thing and so uh, what they had to come up with when they didn't find Earth rotation uh, so they had to come up with a reason for that and the first thing that they reached for was called um, so Lorenz came up with the Lorenz transformation and basically he was saying well that uh, what happened is that um, the the uh, uh, the tube through which they were putting the light actually extended by exactly as much as would be noticed in the spinning. Uh, and therefore you didn't find, uh, the, the light wave didn't, um, contracted by exactly that. It's like, Oh my gosh. So not only was that, I mean, it's obviously cuckoo, but they took the math because uh, again, these math magicians, it doesn't matter. Um, if it relates to actual real world or not, as long as it's an elegant formula that they'll use it. And so they took that and became the, so now it's called the Lorenz transfer. And you can look that up. And this Lorenz transformation formula is used all over um, theoretical physics, especially um, astrophysics and astronomy, because they're not real science, because there is no 
scientific method that can be done on it because you you can't wiggle it. Um, so, but anyway, they use this Lorentz transformation anytime that they want to fudge the numbers. If something comes up um, that gives them unexpected results, um, what they do is they instead of um, throwing out the theory, uh, they just change the results to to match it. And so they use the, the Lorentz transformation. It's a Lorentz transformation is what's called. And um, then you can put this formula in and make basically any number almost equal to any other number. It's like the old uh, uh, quadratic equation trick that I used to use. That you can take a quadratic equation and, and make any number proven to be any other number um, and you know it only works if you do it in longhand because there's a secret trick it's a division by zero error that you'd never figure out if you do it in longhand you only if only if you put it into a, a computer but um but yeah so this Lorentz transformation that's what they used to come up so yeah they, they started uh, they used the uh, Newtonian um, physics uh, for uh, gravity even though uh, according to Einstein it's a bending space-time so that would then obviate Newtonian physics but so now they're trying to use both and then they say well okay it doesn't work and so um, th th yeah then now we've got dark matter because that has to be responsible for the the math that doesn't work for uh, multi-body um, uh, you know multi-body uh, orbital mechanics uh and so then they figure that out and then okay so when it still doesn't work they just invent stuff out of their ass it's it's rectal extractions yep. it's unbelievable and people buy it i mean it's like man anytime you see anytime you see report and this is like all you gotta do is put on a lab coat right and people go oh, science well oh, science oh, oh. Morty, i know how to figure that out i i got i got i got the constants i can exactly. feel those variables so, morty <laughs> and i i did a i did a just a bit of looking in in uh, news one month and um like out of a hundred quote unquote science articles that I looked through, um, not a single one of them used any real empirical science. Uh, and almost all of them uh, used this phrase at least once and usually throughout scientists believe. I'm like th those words don't go together. <laughs> you, you, th those those two are incompatible. You, you, it's not believe; it is empirically proven, or it's not right. That's the whole basis of what science is. It, it's to be able to be repeatable and duplicatable, and it's it's evidence. It's evidence based, not not thought experiments. And so, when anytime you see scientists believe, that's nonsense. Throw it out. Well, that's almost a hundred percent of all the science uh, articles that I read for a month, uh, and I went through all of them. Uh, not a single one used science. So, so that's how they've hijacked every every aspect of science. Um, there, there's not a uh, almost any um, scientific field now that that even uses real science anymore. Right. It's un freaking believable. Blows blows my mind. <laughs> Couple points here. Uh, first right. of all, RC sent in a super chat for ninety nine nine ninety nine, saying thank you. And all I can say is thank you. Say no, thank you. <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, second of all, someone's asking about the Tartaria mud flood thing uh, again. Yeah, and I don't mean <laughs> to get irritated about it, and, and I'm not. I'm not irritated about it. I really have to delve into this at some point because just too many people are on about it. But I'm going to give the brief rundown and, and how I poke holes in it. And Crow and I have talked about this multiple times and I, know, I think Wayne and I have, and Baldini, have you and I even done this? I think we've done this too. Is this transhumanist Tartaria? Yeah, right. No, we, we haven't talked about it. I, I will say that I've, I've heard your take on it. I, I, I differ. I think a little bit, I can get, you know, yeah, but, you, but yeah, you throw your take out there. I'll tell you my thing. I think there's a there there, but I don't think it's where they right. say. Right. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. The one I referred to, because I've had people get really snippy with me over this stuff because, man, they're, some folks are really invested in this thing. The initial videos I had seen on it are talking about this event happening around the time of the American Civil War, so 1860s, right? 
At the time of the 1860s, there were a gazillion independent newspapers, and I find it ungodly hard to believe that there was no one anywhere at all reporting on any of these things. Nothing about a Tartarian empire and nothing about giant mud floods burying cities. That's not to say that our history doesn't have some kind of massive obscuring going on. Of course it does. It's something we talk about all the time on Crow Triple Seven Radio, and I'm totally behind that. But the very specific thing, I have to look into it more. And to prove it to myself that there wasn't a worldwide calamity, I went down to the French Quarter in New Orleans, which has been in existence for hundreds of years, and not a single one of the buildings are off kilter, as in like they're buried in the ground or something like that. Well, and if any the, place is going to be... On the on the other hand, Jason, it, what what's the sea level of, of New Orleans? Uh, most of it is at or below sea level. There's below sea, it's below sea level, right? It's so at sea with, level without the, without the levees there on the dikes, right? Um, if there if there was some sinking, where where would it be? It'd be it'd be underwater. It'd be out in the Gulf. So I think that's well. But there's maps that you can use today of the French Quarter that are still the same. I've looked at them. I've wandered uh, around the streets. Like, I've tried to sure. do the homework on this with my own two feet going down there and look in and out of the streets. Like, I've tried to do what I could with what's available to me, and I just I couldn't prove it. So, Well, you know you know what I found more interesting when I stayed in the French Quarter? I stayed in a little hotel that had been there. It was built in the late 1700s, one of the oldest um, still operating uh, hotels, and everything was built for little tiny people. <laughs> well, a lot of folks were small. I know, little bitty tiny. Little well, bitty it is tiny. funny. Uh, there's there's a Civil War museum uh, real close to there, right by Magazine Street that I've been to. And I'm looking at all the uniforms. I'm like, man, do I feel like a fatty? Now, granted, I can lose 60 pounds uh, easily. But the people themselves were just tiny. I felt like a gargantuan next to these these uniforms. I was like, oh, my God, was everybody like 5'3"? Uh, what is that like, yeah, Joe, no, they, Joe they Rogan were, height? I mean, to, think, to quote, to yeah, quote Owen, the average average height was five two. I think. Yeah, that's they about were right. small. They were they were really small. They were, they were almost like tiny little tiny. They're almost like short Asian stature, like like the way you see like the very petite, small that's boned, racist. that kind of that kind of look. And I was like, wow, I didn't know that. Now my guess is that, is that because of uh, a lot of lack of nutrition. But. You know, I, I'm not going to speculate on that one, but I'll just say that my thing on Tartaria. So, so Tartaria, there, there's definitely there was a Tartarian Empire. There are maps that represent. That. Oh yeah, there yeah, are, yeah. There was. There something. are books that that show that. Um, uh, again, I, I love um, uh, Matson's. Um, you know, uh, flat Earth British. I love his stuff. He gets some mind blowing stuff, and uh, and and I don't. Again, I, I love that they're speculating and and doing that. I, I love also that they don't necessarily state speculation as fact because that's where I have a little bugaboo is when you start going it is absolutely like this and people are stupid if they don't think that 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 bugs me. I think there's a like I said. I think there's a there there. I think something unusual happened. I don't find evidence for it being global. And worldwide, I think there. Um, right. It seems to be look um, specific locations. Some weird. There's some weird things. Um, and, and the orphan trains is certainly some weird stuff. I really am into the Antiquitech, um, and uh, I find evidence for um, uh, even current buildings. Um, some of them, but but like even downtown Seattle, there are buildings that that have what appear to be these um, uh, free energy ether um, collecting d devices uh, on them. Um, it. Pretty interesting stuff. So uh, in terms of all that, I think there's a there there. I don't necessarily think Tartaria and Mudflood are tied together. Um, that may be a, kind of a red herring. Um, yeah, I, I think it I think it may be another. Um, so, so it's sort of the same as my, my take on like Flat Earth, right? Is that um, uh, there's uh, I think it's a 
it was an intentional leak of information, uh, but only enough and a little bit of distortion to get people running around rabbit holes. Um, and also it's a litmus test to see who's going to buy and who's not and who's at the programming and who's not. I think there's definitely accurate information in there somewhere. I just don't think it's tied together the way uh, I struggle with trying to put things back together. So like the Scalagerian timeline, it's a poppycock, right? That's a total <laughs> poppycock from, from top down. It's the down. Jesuit um, timeline. Well, it's Jesuits with the Benedictines working as their little slave boys, writing up, making up history, right, from out of whole cloth. Um, so trying to put it all back together is nearly impossible because they did a really good job of not only d doing that but finding – and that seems to be the whole point of um, you know, Spain and Portugal running all over the world uh, for exploration, quote-unquote, and the uh, British Empire uh, making an empire is that, um, that instead of bringing them, quote-unquote, Christianity and Jesus, what they were doing is looking for um, uh, cultures that still had any rem of this past, probably antediluvian history, uh, but certainly some previous history, and destroying them, uh, and saying it was you know because they were pagans and witches um, and devil worshippers that they had to you know um, get rid of those uh, chieftains and those um, you know anybody that knew any history because most of the history was oral, um, but anything especially written down, and they had to, they had to get rid of that because it was of the devil. Hallelujah, uh, and so. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's my take on it. Is that I see um, the Catholic Church used uh, very powerfully over a long period of time to completely distort, disrupt, and trash history um, as we know it. And so in terms of all that stuff, I go, yeah, there's there, there, there. Yeah, something weird happened. Yeah, there's a bunch of buildings that seem to be half buried. Um, why? Fuck if I know. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't claim to know. Um, I I like to look more into it, but I but all the separate pieces, the um, the, the orphan trains. Uh, what do you got? Quantum of conscious. Matt is looking at the the world's fairs, and there's definitely a there there. Um, so yeah, there's weird stuff all over, and I I just go back to I don't trust anything they tell us. Uh, I can only chew up you know how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Um, I, I chew up little bits and pieces and keep my eyes open and go. Um, nothing is as they tell us, and um, that's me. Uh, and I like elephants. I love no, I love elephants, man. They're they're better than we are. Most most animals are better than most people. Um, uh, but anyway, so that's my take on Tartaria. Is like go after it, run and learn, learn all you can. Um, but be careful about saying it's absolutely this and people are stupid and retarded if they don't buy your theory because you you can't prove it. Right. Well, um, that, that's it. But people take it way too hard, and I, and I just blew a hole and it. it. Was like okay, so if this happened at this time. Where are the reports? Like there aren't any. So I'm not saying nothing ever happened. I just don't think that they're getting the the facts right or the time right or any of that stuff. But yeah, and I, I love what uh, what Crow said the other day. I, I think it was really. I, I I said I think that's that's wisdom, right? Is that he says there's no positive to him doing it right now because if he if he poo poos it, people are going to get yeah. upset, and, yeah. and there is some poo poo there. Yeah. Um. But 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 if he doesn't cover it right, that people are going to. Um, you know, get upset that you don't cover, and it just doesn't seem for you guys like. I, I, here's here's my take. I mean, I'm probably talking out of school here because it's not my thing. But you know, you and Crow got a thing going on. It's like what you guys have brought us for the last three or four years, right? Is is bringing new stuff that we should all look into, right? So what's what's the value of going back into stuff that other people are already looking into and going? Shit, I don't know. Right? I mean, they, they just want people to put a stamp on it because you know people want to idolize people. And Crow is is developed a you know himself as a, as a very broad thinking guy who who's no nonsense and and doesn't put up with poppycock. And so you know people want they want him to put their stamp on it so he can approve their theory. That's that's kind of what I, I yeah. see is that, that they want they There's want him to that. say yeah they want him to say that their thing is right so that they can. 
you know, get that to back. Anyway, I mean, I, 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 I love the guy. I thought that was really smart and just go, you know, don't want to disappoint you, but there's no value. I mean, I, I mean, just like him, I'm interested in it, but I'm not going to put my foot down on thing on anything and go, I, I can't support anybody's theory. I, I'm curious about it. I think right. there's a there there, but I don't see a lot of value in, you know, pissing off a whole bunch of people because they're going to get butt hurt because you didn't like their theory, just right. like the no trees on flat earth. Right. It's like, yeah, it's interesting. It was curious and it's interesting. And there might be uh, some tangential stuff, just like the, what was the other guy, the mud fossil university, right? Some of his stuff is interesting. Um, some of it's wackier than hell. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean, but I, I don't know. Are you, do you know anything about that? The mud fossil guy? Uh, we, I, I've, I've heard of all that stuff. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's interesting, and some of it certainly is. Oh, it's interesting. It's interesting, um, but the, it, the, you're exactly right. There, it's hard to prove any of these things. And the only thing I could do to even get into any of this was what I did do. I went to the oldest place that was available to me, which actually is pretty old for America, as far as the United States is concerned. So I went there, and, and I, I there was no there there. So I, I don't want to take up any more of our time on this. It's already twenty yeah, no. nine, and we haven't even t- touched hardly on Ray or Zoltan. So yeah. let's let's just say that uh, we don't know. And, and it's yeah, interesting. I was just going to say on, on your New Orleans thing, you go, "There's a there, there, just not a there, there." <laughs> exactly, and, 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 and that's just it. not a there, there. Yeah, but okay. anyway, let's get let's get back to let's uh, talk about Ray Kurzweil, and I have some predictions here. So for the early 20th century, I'll just go through a few of these, and these are things he had said in books that had come out many years earlier. So obviously he was forward thinking in a way. So the classroom is dominated by computers. I would say that's absolutely spot on. Uh, a small number of highly skilled people dominate the entire production sector. Mm. Well, okay, before you go any further with this, because I've read some of them, but not all of them, as you read this, I'm I'm just going to pitch out there. um, Maybe uh, for people listening, take a look at this in the same way that I look at um, Orwell, is that not necessarily futurism as in he predicted it, as in he's um, uh, telling you what their plans are in advance. And if you look at it, if you look at it from that perspective, I I think you can come away going, Oh yeah! And instead, instead of going, "Wow, that guy, that guy was amazing!" Oh my god! Um, <laughs> you go well when you're um, working guy, for one of the biggest freak. companies that does this stuff. You might know a thing or three, right? Yeah, I would think. It, yeah, that would explain. If, you, why if you're working, ninety-five percent accuracy. Yeah, if you're working for the people who are doing it. Yeah, there's no, um, there's not much magic in, in, uh, re, you know, opening the kimono a little bit and, and saying, here's what we're going to do. Moose <laughs> <laughs> uh, and squirrel, right? Okay. So. so this last one, a small number of highly skilled people dominate the entire production sector. I don't know if I would say the entire production sector because there's a lot of just cheap crap being made that's stamped out a lot of times you know, overseas from the United States. But I would say that as far as anything important, that that is dominated by a very small group of people. What, what say you guys? Yeah. And, Especially uh, the tech sector. Sure. And I would right. say with and any, everything uh, is gearing more and more towards to, uh, to be part of the tech sector. Sure. And I think with any, with any um, prognostication in order to be taken seriously and to not tip the hat that you're, um, that that you are um, running a script is you got to you got to miss a little bit, right? You got to get real close uh, and miss a few, and then have a couple of wild swing and misses just to make it look legitimate. Yeah, and Kurzweil definitely does that in spades. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if if you look at 
a lot of his predictions. So that's the thing. I mean, he's got this massive accuracy rate. He's one of the insiders that plans this stuff. So that just goes without saying. Yeah. And, of course, this stuff's going to come to pass at some point. If you're part of the planning committee for this, yeah, right. uh, of course, you, you so, know so this we're, is going to a thing. So we're all in agreement on that. Is that these guys are not, um, uh, you know, they don't they don't have a crystal ball. They're just um, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're on, on the, the coaching team. Track. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So okay. let's do a, a compare and contrasting yeah. of Elon and Ray Kurzweil because the one thing that definitely jumps out at me is Ray Kurzweil does seem like he's a very sh- uh, sharp individual. He no, he is a smart he's, guy. He's a smart Absolutely, cookie. and he has much better hair, and it's real. Maybe. <laughs> Allegedly, maybe. Now, you know, I keep making jokes about that because it's something that jumped out at me a while ago. Like I'd seen some earlier stuff with Ray and his hair looked terrible. And I know he takes like some ungodly amount of vitamins and, and different supplements, things like that every day. And I wonder. Adrenochrome. Uh, I don't know. But yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, what is he on? Because honestly, for how old he is, he's started to look way better as opposed to way worse as the in, years have gone by. And I In the make- last 20 years, he has remarkably looked better than he did before. Like in his fifties compared to now, that's yeah. why I keep making jokes about his hair. Like his hair is fuller and thicker, and I mean that's not to say he couldn't have had something done, but it's just like, but it looks real because it's not perfect. It just looks better than he had, and that it was a joke to myself. But it's like, well, apparently he's doing something right, you know? Yeah, well, uh, um, you know, adrenochrome. Um, yeah. man, <laughs> I'm sure he has access to medical care that we do not. So. Well, that's, he's very obsessed. That's the other uh, I saw a program a few years back uh, that actually William Shatner was on as well. Uh, he's friends with Ray Kurzweil. Uh, b- apparently, both of them are very obsessed Imagine with, uh, with anti-aging and, and mm. all that. And, uh, you know, I'm right there with them. I don't want a good hold either. So whatever your secret is, uh, send me an email at secretsofsaturn at gmail.com. <laughs> Adrenochrome. They're going to tell you to bring it, bring them some babies, and they'll tell you the secret. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to pass <laughs> on that one. I'm, yeah, right? <clears throat> Uh, yeah, so uh, Ray Kurzweil, um, so, uh, yeah, he really is the the real deal in terms of being a smart guy. Um, he's not Elon Musk. Um, he, he really is uh, really bright, and he's got his, uh, again, fingers in a lot of different things and a lot of interests. Um, but um, it's, he was, uh, insofar as when I look at his career, uh, co-opted very early on. He, he got brought into the fold very early on. Um, and, and, you know, uh, it's like the mad scientist that, that you see in the bad sci-fi movies. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so let's that's, jump that's ahead my here. my take on him, too. Let's jump ahead here. We got 2010. PCs are capable of answering queries by accessing information wirelessly via the, via the Internet. Now, I don't Watson. know if that was 2010, but we certainly have that now for the past few years with th- stupid things like Alexa and Siri and all that. Mm-hmm. And Watson was a you know demonstration of that um, yeah. winning the you know Jeopardy. Yep. So uh, he was ballpark with the you know the the prediction. It was close. If it wasn't 2010, it was very near 2010. Well, the other thing is that we don't know is they could have had technology that was working uh, as as prototypes or like pre-production, but they had the technology functional and they just hadn't mass marketed it yet. So there's also the possibility that he knew that circa this time frame. This is going to be working. That's when they would mass market it. Yeah, yeah it's like, okay, because well, sometime would, shortly around there is when we're going to put this out to the general public. Because mm-hmm. I, I would conjecture anything that came out in 2010 is probably more likely 1980s technology. That's what I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. So if they say yeah. 2010, yeah, it's 1987. I also <laughs> noticed in the chat that, uh, that Rose <laughs> says that she just looks at people and says hot or not hot. Hot or not. 
<laughs> hot or not. So, um, Ray Kurzweil, hot or not? Depends we on all whether went you Elon like the Musk. little nerdy Jewish type. Yeah, well, we all went, Elon, you know, Elon Musk, not. I think we all agreed on not. So, Ray Kurzweil, hot or not? <laughs> I'm going to go with not as well, so. Okay. Mm. We'll, we'll leave that up to the general public. I, I don't really want to judge people's lips yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was I was thinking more at a uh, in an intellectual capacity because I, I see brains. I'm like a zombie rat. Brains. Um, oh, his brain works. No doubt he's How a nice. brainy guy. Yeah, I was saying. So Elon Musk, not not hot. Um, uh, he's running on four cylinders. Um, and <laughs> then uh, then you got you know Ray Kurzweil. Um, yeah, he's got uh, the old rotary engine going. So he's he's definitely. Definitely got it, got it going on. He's smart, but I think you know again co-opted very early on, um, and and revealing the script. And uh, Jason, read us more of those fabulous predictions. So again, when did he make these predictions? The nineties, right? Like the, 90s, these are 90s. like the his books from like the late nineties and early two thousands. Late nineties. Um, okay, this is kind of like a conglomerate. Well, let me see. Let me let me run back and make sure I'm telling you the right thing. Yeah, this oh, is from this is from the age of intelligent machines from nineteen ninety that I'm going from right now. Okay, I was going to say it was early nineties. Yeah. So yeah. Yep, 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 okay. Yep. Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right yeah. Go go. All right. Go. That, so that helps me and uh, put it in context right and All then right, and we have a couple more we can go through i think we got time to to do a few more of these a number sure. of highly skilled people oops i did that one oopsie live live radio all right a fully Skip matured ahead, cloud one. computing network Computers will tap into the worldwide mesh, what the World Wide Web will become once all of its linked devices become communicating web servers, thereby forming vast supercomputers and memory banks of high-speed communications and computational resources. So he was saying that in 1990. How cute. And that's so special. That's so special. <laughs> Wonder who could have made him say that. Maybe, I don't know. Mm, Satan? <laughs> Satan? Satan? <laughs> Sorry, that's a church chat reference Saturday Night Live for, for all you younger folks. Us old people, we get we get the reference. Yeah, we do. Oh, all all us old in. guys, we know, we know this stuff, but yeah. uh, the, the young folks may not yeah, they, pick up they, on some of they, Yeah, they just went sideways. They're like, what? I was like, that's, <laughs> that's Dana Carvey. It's a, it's a Saturday Night Live uh, church chat. Just, uh, just uh, YouTube. Look up church lady. Church, church lady, yeah. <laughs> Now, okay, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here. Uh, 2020. By 2020, there will be a new world government. <gasps> well, well, that's in what? Two weeks? In that special. <laughs> hmm. In two weeks, we will have the new world order. Yes, it's a new world order, as Mr. Kissinger would say, Doctor yeah, Kissinger. Yeah, it's not it's new. It's not over the world, world, and it's order. not order. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I keep saying this one. Here's my warning on that one: is that what I see coming is that they're they're putting out the air of desperation, making it look like they're losing control, and I don't buy it for a minute. Uh, to me, it's a again, it's the magician's trick. Look over here, um, and they're going to say the new world order fails, and we're going to bring in um, the savior, which is uh, AI or aliens or a com combination of of the two. I think they're going to make it seem as though the new world order failed, and they're going to bring in. Oh, real order out of chaos that, that's well they probably take. got a couple scenarios if i had to conjecture yep. here and they're just testing the waters to see which one will be the one that people will swallow the easiest but it's it's all going to be the same end agenda mm -hmm. no, I, oh I, yeah I, the end game's the same no matter what the absolutely what face they put on it uh precisely that that's exactly it doesn't matter what um what 
clothes to wearing the same guys underneath it. So, so just to be really clear here, this is from a book from 1990 that Kurzweil wrote called, let me tell everybody in case they're interested, The Age of Intelligent Machines, published 1990. So he said by 2020, there will be a new world government. He also said 2020 plus, a computer will pass the Turing test, becoming the first true artificial intelligence. Now, Wayne, you've talked about this a lot. Uh, do you want to give a quick explanation on what the Turing test is? Uh, basically, what the Turing test is, is this is uh, a, a kind of mark, a line that they drew to determine when a computer could actually pass off in a conversation or something with a human being as a human being with, uh, you know, the person on the other end of the conversation not realizing that they've been chatting with a computer. Now, this has been done. This has arguably been done. Uh, they passed off a couple years back. I forget exactly what year it was. You're talking 2013, 2014-ish, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. Yeah, with chatbots, yeah. Uh, yeah, with chatbots. They were I able tried to one of those, but it off. butchered they, the conversation. Uh, they, again, they made somebody believe that they were speaking to a 13-year-old uh, boy, if sure. I'm not mistaken. And so, I believe I believe the chatbots that butcher the conversations are there to make you think that you would know, right? And, and I think many be, of yeah. the many of the bots that come into uh, and harass uh, like truther channels uh, are bots. And I, I think the idea is again um, to make you think that that technology is not there. Oh, I would know because I've inter- I've interacted with chatbots and I can tell that they can't do it. Um, when you don't really know what's what's happening. And by the way, um, they passed the Turing test and I passed the Tourette's test. <laughs> Get this man another cup of coffee. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right. I want, I want to jump forward here on these because I still want to at least mention a little bit on Zoltan Ishvan. Kurzweil has even wagered that his predictions, and there are quite a few of them just from this 1990 book, that they'll be true on the site Long Bets, betting against Mitchell Kapoor, founder of Lotus Software Corporation, for a payout of $20,000 or $10,000 each. Well, that's very interesting. And then he said in that book, centuries from now, computer intelligence becomes superior to human intelligence in all areas. Now, the next book is The Age of Spiritual Machines from 1999. And his first group of predictions are for 2009, which obviously is 10 years ago. Personal computers are available in a wide range of sizes and shapes and are commonly embedded in clothing and jewelry, such as wristwatches, rings, earrings, and other body ornaments. Well, not quite, but they definitely were available in a lot of shapes and sizes 10 years ago, right? Uh, what makes you think that they aren't embedding things in clothes and, pers- and items that you buy now and just not telling you? <laughs> what, what, what would make you for a moment think um, that it's not already there? True enough. True enough. Yeah, I would I would speculate it probably is already there. I mean, just so imagine the scenario. You go down to, it doesn't matter, I, I would say Walmart, but I wouldn't go there. But let's say you, you go down to the Gap or where, wherever you do your shopping um, and – Again, they're monitoring everything you do and all your purchases, and you get the chip in your card. So you buy an article of clothing. It's got an RFID tag in it. They scan it, and so immediately um, they connect that piece of article of clothing or that purse or jewelry or whatever uh, with you because you bought it, and they could do it in real time. And now they've got another bit of tracking on you, or if it's clothing EMF or it's in your jacket. or uh, What makes you think that hasn't happened already? No, I'm with you. I, I, I totally am. So how about when we jump up to 2019, the computational capacity of a $4,000 computing device that was in 1999 dollars, so it's probably a little bit more now, is approximately equal to the computational capability of the human brain, which is 20 quadrillion calculations per second. I don't know if that one's true. Either you guys know? 
No, I, I don't know. Well, I'm looking I, I at a computer that it would be approximately that, and I don't think this this iMac Pro is smarter than uh, the not the, the for way. public consumption. No, not, not for, for public, public consumption. Now, could they build it? Yes. Well, okay. So <laughs> maybe so if linked. If linked, maybe. Um, I, I don't. But here, here's to me again. The thing is that um, I, I disagree with the idea of trying to directly one to one correlate the human brain to a computer. They've been trying for a long time to make um, humans and machines identical and, and using the same language. Um, e yeah. Even as far back as you go into the 50s and talking about uh, nutrition and foods, they try to you know you're feeding the engine and do all this. They're trying to make you um, put those things together and conflate the human body with some sort of machine. But I guarantee you, if you take a, a machine apart, you put it back together. You can make it work you can't can't do that with a human body it's not it's not the same um so the same with trying to make the computer the the brain like a computer they've tried to equate those and conflate those in our minds so that we consider them the same but it's it's not a matter of um processes per second right there's this um not only just the intuition and the way that we process information but but we're we're human and we have that divine spark and we are not in any way like a computer so i, I don't care how fast a computer gets and um, and has the access to information, it's never going to be, um, and, and this is where I think the lie about AI is, I don't think it's ever going to be sentient in the way that they want to tell us. I, I think that um, it may appear to be, and I think there's a open um, possibility for um, uh, unseen, um, you know, un... Uh, it, it, you know, multidimensional beings, for example, um, taking it over and making it seem as though uh, it is sentient, but but it's not a computer. It's not going to be a computer. It's not going to be sentient in that way. It may appear to be. It could do a lot of processes, uh, but but no, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, let me throw this and out that's there. Exactly why they need to do the whole transhumanist thing. Right, right, that's right. Exactly yeah, the integration why. because that's where it's going to really the integration. Happen. But as far as comparing a uh, super 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 speedy computer to a human. It can outcalculate us uh, probably 20 years ago, no problem. That's not the yeah, issue. No problem. But here's yep. the thing. Um, why do I like the color blue? Why is that my favorite color? Like these kinds of things. Why do I like coffee over tea? You know, things that make humans humans. Like, like these are things that a computer would never experience. Why do I like New Orleans over Los Angeles? You know, the, the things that, that, that emotional <laughs> thing. I'm trying to think of things that have an emotional response. I mean, you know, like why do I have feelings no, for so, Rose? Okay, why so, do I have this? Why do I have that? So, you're talking, so yeah, you're talking preferences, and I'll throw you this way: why, why does everyone, um, when they see a waterfall, go, "Wow, that's beautiful." Uh, th this is the this is the stuff that gets me. What what makes um, they hear music and they go, "That's beautiful," right? Machines won't do that. And why? why who told us that that was beautiful? When you see a sunset, um, every person throughout every culture over time, no matter what your societal background or no matter what the way you were raised, um, I've never met anybody who can look at a um, a sunset on the beach and not go, "Damn." That's beautiful. <laughs> Who told you that was beautiful? I, and to me, that's again go back to the divine, divine spark, and and um, that we create, we we carry this imprint of something um, special, right? And and uh, again, I don't think a computer is ever going to do that. Um, and so it's not a matter of preference. And when you say, why do you prefer one the coffee over tea? I go advertising. Um, <laughs> well, I say we're, taste, we're but easily, we're easily influenced and we're easily hacked. Um, but what what makes us human? Um, to me, you know, is relationships. A uh, um, uh, computer will never get into a relationship with another computer unless it wants to find out information, right? It's always going to be self-interested. Um, and so altruism will never be true uh, from a computer. But I think back to Ray Kurzweil's, um, uh, his prognostication there, what I've seen <laughs> over time for a very long time is that um, not 
the, the, the computer computing power increases. What I found fascinating is that going all the way back to the late 1970s, early 1980s, um, that uh, the price of uh, like computers now this this new iMac is kind of out of the ballpark a little bit but but for the most part um the computer prices have been pretty solid um as a an entry level machine now again laptops are some of the Chromebooks and stuff are, are breaking the bottom in too, but mostly around six, six to seven hundred dollars is sort of your entry level deal. Um, a good solid machine will cost you twelve to fifteen hundred dollars, and a premium machine is about twenty two hundred dollars, uh, and that's been consistent since the 1970s like since you could buy uh, um uh, trs80 from, from radio shack uh, those three mm -hmm. price points have been fairly consistent um throughout so the computing power goes up the price point stays the same they're taking you for whatever they think um you can afford to spend and make it desirable and i think that's exactly where you're going to see with um transhumanism is this desirability there's going to be these um uh, points of entry right the um, that you're going to want to get in on again the fear of missing out so how about this one? People communicate with their computers via two-way speech and gestures instead of with keyboards. Furthermore, most of this interaction occurs through computerized assistants with different personalities <laughs> that the user can select or customize. Dealing with computers thus becomes more and more like dealing with a human being. I think they're Let getting there. Tell wrong. Yeah, the last part is, is stretching too far, but the first chunk of it, well, we do that. <laughs> No, even the last part of it, Alexa, yeah. tell him he's wrong, right? I mean, we we do interact. It's, <laughs> yeah, right. So is you are wrong. Yeah, exactly, you are wrong. Um, yeah, I think that um, they're again breaking it in, and and uh, I don't know. I'll say it again. I think that part of uh, I think part of the thing about failed technology is is a is a fake. It's to make you think that the technology isn't there yet. So even the failures of of Alexa and Bing and and Google, when you see um, just like okay, the Elon Musk thing with the uh, the window shattering, you, you think that was you think that was um, a mistake? No, uh, no. So no. again. These things are on purpose. It's part of, like Wayne says, it's, it's the magician's trick. Um, it sets you up for um, believing a certain thing uh, because they imply it. And I think the same thing is true with technology, whether it's um, AI, whether it's uh, any of these things. Uh, they make you believe that the technology isn't there yet uh, so that you won't accept that it already is. Hmm. Right. I, I agree with that assessment, too, because I could tell you, just from some of the things that I've researched and seen, the state of technology today, it's its far in advance of what we see in the public sector. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. I think they do put this stuff out there and have it fail purposely. So people think that's ridiculous. That can't possibly be something that's going on. Like as far as even something like the nanotechnology we talked about earlier. Yep. That people think that's ridiculous because they put stuff out here that makes you think that's ridiculous because this is they've done this and it's failed and you, yes, you it, can't see any results from it. It's the same appeal to incredulity um, that people use with, oh, they couldn't keep a blowjob a secret. You, nobody keep a conspiracy like the moon landing because they can't even keep a blowjob a secret. Come on. I mean, <laughs> again, you, if you don't think people are keeping secrets um, – People well, like I'll, to get paid. I, I got a bridge. Let's be honest. Now. Let's be honest here, <laughs> gentlemen. People like money, and and lattes. I like I I, I like a lot of lattes. <laughs> I'm bra I'm bra I brave 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 admit that. No, um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. pun intended. I'm sure yeah, that's a that's a joke. Um, 
the jokes aren't going to get any better. I promise. I've been doing it for a long time. They, they never get any better. Um, no, I, I um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just saw Jason's face from like 10 seconds ago and it, <laughs> he, he was laughing in the midst of silence. And I was like, mm. what the, the hell is going on there? Um, yeah. So, um, uh, we need a third hour here. We didn't even get through anywhere near what I wanted to, and we haven't stopped talking the whole time. Z- Zoltan, the no, church. Really. Of, we didn't even we, we didn't get to church, Lady church Zoltan. Um, yeah. To fin- to, just to put a cap on on, on Kurt's while, uh, twenty forty five is the year he says the singularity is going to come. Whatever he really means by that, I know what he means by that. But Wayne, you want to break down the singularity real quick, and then we'll we'll hit on Zoltan for a bit. All right. Well, Kurzweil's talking 2045 as the year of the singularity. And what this singularity is, is this is the point wherein the technology reaches such a degree of advancement that uh, it it cannot go any further. And we, we will merge with the technology and it'll all become one networked uh, entity altogether. And this is what the transhumanists are, are working towards. They want to achieve this. This is like your your Borg state, if you to use the the Star Trek idea. Uh, this is your your Borg collective. This is what they're looking for. This is what they're working towards. And at this point, the entirety of how we function as human beings and how the world functions will completely change. And it'll happen so rapidly. It'll be like an overnight thing. Everything uh, will be completely different. And so here's here's the question. Um, Again, I have my opinions on this, but uh, get your opinion, um, Wayne. Uh, I think I already know what it's going to be. I'll prognosticate. But uh, uh, do you think that will be <laughs> um, compulsory? Uh, at some point, I would say, yeah, it's it's going to be a compulsory thing. Either you're part of the collective or you get wiped out, and that's, that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, uh, this is like a Terminator-type scenario. It, it's one of those things where you're either in – or you're out. And there's not going to be any happy medium. Uh, this is the whole thing that the whole Mark of the Beast idea is based yep. upon. Great. You're you're in or you're out. You, yeah, you I think you're not you just you're not anything. just out, but you're going to be considered a threat, right? So you, right. you are the domestic. Be, so you will be eliminated. You will yes. be eliminated if you do not uh, participate in this system. Yep. You're not because that's a, that's what it's going to be all about. You right, won't be exactly. able to do anything without participating in right. the system. So, yeah, and you're not you're not yeah, just a, a threat, and you're not you know you are um, literally. I think the pitch is going to be you're literally um, uh, holding back uh, the evolution of mankind, uh, and so uh, anybody who resists um, resistance is futile. But anybody who resists is literally um, going to be accused of holding uh, holding back mankind from taking the next glorious step in his evolution, and we cannot allow that to happen. It'll be the new heresy. And they blasphemy. Exactly. That's what it's all about. I mean, you can see this. You can see this foreshadowed with the whole vaccine movement right now. Oh yes. It, yep. That's exactly what this is going to be. This will. This is what that'll be on steroids. Yeah, absolutely. Because that. That's the thing. You're an anti-vaxxer. You can't. You know, let your kid go to school. Blah, can't blah, take blah, a flight. Yeah. Stay away from me. Yeah. Stay yep. away from me. You. You germ monger. You disease spreader. That yep, kind pretty- of. That's what this mentality is going to be. Yeah, pretty it, soon and it'll I'm, be even worse because all the collective minds will be networked together. 
Yeah, I think so, I think pretty soon be, that you'll see with even the vaccination thing that you did, you're going to be um, you're not going to be able to like uh, go into public buildings like a courthouse or that sort of stuff if you don't on your uh, true ID, your real ID or whatever. It's going to be part of that that you have to have your uh, vaccinations up to date, and if you yeah. don't have that check mark, you won't be able to um, uh, get your car licensed. You won't be able to do anything uh, without that uh, without that tick box check because um, you're a danger to mankind. Because and I saw. As, a, as an aside that's, that's a little interesting, I saw today uh, an article come up that was talking about how they're coming out with a, a vaccine for stress. A stress vaccine. Nice. I kid you not. Nice. I kid you not. That's going to sell like hotcakes. <laughs> well, that stresses yeah. me I've out. I've always wondered how hotcakes sell, by the way. I mean, I love them, but. You know. <laughs> no, hotcakes, you know. What what else sells like hotcakes? I mean, Flapjacks. It's the comparison. No, no, things don't sell like flapjacks. They sell like hotcakes. No, see, you said what sells like hotcakes. I'm like flapjacks. No, they don't. They sell not the same. Okay. Crepes. Not the same thing. Smoking a pancake, bonging a blintz, cigar and a waffle. Oh, so Wayne, before we uh, we move on to Zoltan here, why don't you uh, do the uh, the article about the the age thing that we were talking about earlier? Oh yeah, I almost forgot. We wanted. Yeah, I almost forgot about that one too. They. A uh, recent scientific article just came out uh, stating that uh, through DNA analysis and whatnot, they determined that the natural human lifespan is only 38 years. The natural human lifespan, they claim, is only 38 years. And they attribute our longevity to our, quote-unquote, superior lifestyle that we would have have been dead for eight years already. And our superior medical systems. And vaccinations, I'm sure. Because because of vaccinations. Oh, no doubt, because... You know, they've saved countless millions of lives. Like, I don't know how they get those numbers. How do you prove the, any of that? It's like saying, that. I, I saved, it's like saying today, I saved 14 lives by not driving anywhere today. It's the same thing. Hmm. That sounds like a gecko commercial. That, it's the same thing. That really makes so, me want to throat punch somebody. I got to tell you. Doesn't it? I, I'm not a violent guy. So, you want to talk about some poppycock? So, yeah, 38, I don't think so. Uh, not unless you're living somewhere with like a, a Mad Max scenario where people are beating each other over the head with clubs with spikes hanging out of them all the time, or or you're living in massive malnutrition and just barely making it by. But anyway, the, yeah, we wanted to point that article out because that that sounds like massive fear porn to me. So be thankful yeah. for your vaccines because you will live beyond 38. Well, I'm 46 right. and, and uh, I haven't had a vaccine in a very, 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 very long time. I assure you. And you look great. Thank you. That's that's the same thing. This ties hand in hand with the whole transhumanist push, because that's what they're going to say. Well, you know, you want to be a natural human being. You'll only live to be 38 years old. Whereas if you take on this whole transhumanist thing, you could live in forever. Ray Kurzweil says, yeah, Ray Kurzweil says he's going for a buck 25. I mean, he just uh, said it. What his hair will look like by then? It'll be long. (laughs) Yeah, right. He'll have long hair. Maybe that's what Bigfoot is, huh? Oh man, I didn't even think about it. They, they, oh yeah, they got so much hair it just grew all over. He's gonna have a beard yes. yeah. mop top. They, that's they what have I think been he's going um, for. follicularly modified. Um, I like it. No, that's just this is good stuff. I like you, Wayne. This is the first time we've really got to talk. That's um, uh, you're you're a pretty cool cat, man. Thanks, man. I think we jive on a lot of different levels. So I speak jive. You speak jive? I think. <laughs> Trump don't want no hair. Trump don't get no hair. Shit. <laughs> Ain't nothing but a thing. <laughs> All right, we are almost out of time, so let's jump on old Zoltan here. Uh, I don't want to. Oh, the, the, he's a handsome fellow. 
Um, about Zoltan, he is an entrepreneur, author, and futurist. He was born in California and is often cited as a global leader of the radical science movement. A humanitarian right. activist and former journalist for National Geographic, Zoltan has traveled to over 100 countries and has a degree in philosophy and religion from Columbia University. By the way, this is on his Zoltan 2020 because he is once again running for, running for governor. president. Yeah. Oh, I, I know he's running. Oh, but oh, he's running as a Republican this president. time. Oh, Last time president. he did it as, as as his other party thingy, but uh, we'll get to that in a moment. The transhumanist party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he has okay. consulted for the U.S. Navy and the government of Dubai as a futurist and given speeches at conferences around the world, including at the World Bank, the World Economic Forum, and various global leader forums. He has written three books, best-selling novel The Transhumanist Wager, The Futurist Cure, and his latest book of political essays, which reached number one in politics on Amazon, called Upgrading America, and that's also what he's running his 2020 campaign on. Now, it's, what's interesting is he didn't do that well. I mean, nobody does as an independent uh, the, the last according time to, in According to USA Today, according to USA Today, Zoltan estimates that he has between 250,000 and 1 million supporters. <laughs> That's a good. That's no, really, that's, that's a kind of. A, I caught a fish a this big. That's a broad, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I have between uh, one and twenty dollars. Um, <laughs> that's a pretty broad range to go. And, and according to him, he estimates that he has that. So, uh, you, according to USA Today, um, they, they're not going to do any research. They just say, "Hey, this guy says he has." That's outstanding fact checking, journalism. Hey, that's how that's how vaccines work too. That's right. What a coincidence. That's how vaccines work. They saved somewhere between 20 and 50 million people. <laughs> you know how that is. It's going to be about true today. It says so right there on, right. on you know the CDC website. You're alive today because of Jonas Salk. <laughs> I so swear to God. In uh, October 7th, 2014, Zoltan founded the Transhumanist Party. Now, what he says, uh, as far as their little taglines, is putting science, health, and technology at the forefront of American politics. But he's not running on that party this time. He's running on the stand, good old stand-alone Republican Party, I guess, so he might actually have a chance because everybody knows that we have a bullshit two-party system and no one is ever going to get into the presidency uh, who's not in I don't know, two but parties. to me, a whole bunch of transhumanists standing around does not sound like a party I want to go to. Well, oh, just, that's just me. I hear it's very binary. Oh, it's no. oh. non-binary. So it'll be non-binary. <laughs> non <-binary. laughs> That's the direction it's going. It'd be very fluid. It'd be a quantum, a quantum party. Yeah. Well, right, and this is something that we've said a lot here because we're running out of time. That uh, the big push with this whole gender fluidity and that you don't have to be anything crap is that uh, it's very easy, or at least a lot easier, to convince someone to start merging with machinery when they don't even know if they're a boy or a girl. I mean, you're already an it of some sort, so, well, let's start taking your arms and legs off and, and your eyes and uh, let's put three chips in your head and, and let's run yeah. this down your throat and you can talk like Darth Vader if you want. I mean, they, this is where we're going. And you're already starting to see big pushes for this, of course, in entertainment media. Uh, big example, I, w I was watching Alita Battle Angel last night just to, to have something as a reference for this uh, show we're doing today. And of course, everybody's walking the streets where they've got limb replacements or uh, just cybernetics of all sorts. As a matter of fact, there were quite a few characters that were barely human at all. They had like a head and then their spinal cord and everything was all encased in 
cybernetic uh, implants and then that connected into whatever body they wanted to. It was just, I mean, technology that's obviously, no matter what we think about the military, I doubt very much they're that far ahead. But the whole idea was how normal it was for people to walk down the street with a giant cybernetic arm and things like that. And I, I think that this is all the normalization that they're going to start coming. And, and what do we have? We have Neuralink coming out, Human Trials 2020, in the public. But mm-hmm. since we're running out of time real quick here, what do you guys want to And again, let's go back to – so let's segue you know, all the way back to the beginning is that Neuralink is the – that, that's the um, the showpiece, right? That's not that's not the real one. That's the that's the one to get it out. It's Elon Musk, right? It's the joke. It's the that's the clown show, right? So um, that's the TV version, the made for TV version, um, while the military industrial complex um, breaks out the the real stuff. Um, and I, I got to guess that the you know if I start putting all these things together, I'll go back to the vaccines. It's probably going to be implanted in a vaccine, and you got it maybe before you even know it. You agree to the vaccine. You know, they can make that. They could drop it right in there. Um, it's in the paperwork. You, you didn't read the insert, did you? No, and that's coming. And so that's the all the way back to what Wayne said at the beginning, right? Is that um, yep. the the release and hold harmless? They they take their liability out. Uh, you click here, just click here to accept, right? Uh, oh yeah, it says right there that there's gonna might, might be a thing in, injected and we'll monitor you, uh, whatever, right? So. Caution, may irreversibly alter your brain chemistry. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And what's in all Uh of this stuff? What's what's Side effects include, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Um, Uncontrollable anal discharge, right? So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Besides that. All the good side effects. (laughs) But let's talk about uh, as far as what is in the air we're breathing now with all the chemtrails, metallic particles. What's in the vaccines? They want to shoot you up with 10,000 times a year. Metallic, metallic particles, particles. but uh, we've only got five minutes le- left here. How do we want to round up uh, your final thoughts here, fellas, on, on this transhumanist movement? Uh, whichever one of you wants to go first on where where we're at and where we're going with this stuff. Uh, I'll, go well, for, I'll, go, think... I'll go first because it's Wayne's. It's Wayne's going to have the final word because he's more important. So I'll get I'll get mine down and out of the way. I don't know about that. No, nah, <laughs> you, you've, dude, you've written two books on it. What are you kidding right? me? Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm third one's going, coming. I'm sitting over here going, "Hey, well done." I can make a, I can make a good cup of coffee. I don't know. Um, and so, you will so be for me one day. <laughs> I will indeed. You know it, and you'll never go back. So um, you'll be spoiled for life. Uh, so, so yeah, I think Wayne should, should wrap it up and go last. Night. So I'll, I'll go first because I'm the least important um, guy. So I'll just say, yeah. I mean, you know, ultimately, I'd say, hey, don't you know, don't be afraid, don't, but don't trust anybody, right? Um, but with transhumanism, you know, I think that we we didn't get to it, but probably you know we kind of danced around it the whole night. Uh, and Wayne said it, um, the whole kind of mark of the beast thing, the uh, in the hand of the, the head. I think that is. Um, one way of putting it, I, I think that um, there are a lot of um, mythos about the coming, uh, if you want to call it singularity, or the uh, compulsory joining of a mass collective. Um, and I think when you add the technology into it, uh, along with the spiritual component, um, it, it's uh, bad news for, for anybody who agrees to it. But it's going to be a compulsory. You agree or um, you're either in or you're out. There's no, no in between. So um, you need to start looking at these things now. Um, it'll be a tough decision to make if you're now worried about you can't, can't speak truth for um, fear of your job or that sort of stuff. When it comes mm-hmm. to your life and your family's life, um, uh, I don't know. T- take a look at it. But, yeah, don't trust anything they want to stick into you and don't trust anything they tell you. That's that's uh, what the great Baldini says. And well put. Uh, and I'll agree with that assessment 100%. Uh, the thing with this stuff is it's coming whether we're ready or not. 
And we need to start speaking out and standing up against it so that we're not given that scenario where we have no choice but to either do this or perish. And that's what it's coming down to. And this has real spiritual ramifications for people. You have to decide, am I going to be a natural man or am I going to become the, the new artificial man that they're, they're pushing for, um, that they claim is superior, but it really is not. This is not a superior lifestyle in any way, shape, or form. Um, the transhumanist thing, it's rolling out, whether we want to want it to or not. So we need to be prepared prepared for it, and we need to look at ourselves, uh, you know, in a more introverted sense and, and look at our, our own spiritual walks and decide what side are we going to stand on when this all comes down because it's coming to a head, and it's going to be coming to a head within the next at least couple decades here. Uh, where we're going to see the the big push for this being on. And it's going to come down to a choice that you make because, like it or not, they can't eliminate the free will principle out of things. And that's one of the things that they, they absolutely need. They need consent, consent and free will to do anything like this to you. But they, they uh, view your lack of speaking out against it as your consent. Mm-hmm. So that's why we need to be proactive with these Tacit things approval, and speak yeah. out. Yeah, and that's that's what it's all about. So uh, there's there's a lot of different aspects and stuff involved with all this stuff. Uh, as uh, Baldini has said, I, I've written two books on the subject already, and my third one will be out sometime in the springtime here. Wait, and that one's going to be called. Okay, go ahead and tell everybody uh, what's the title, but where they can find the other books too, because you're uh, fantastic. Well, my books are available on Amazon or, or pretty much anywhere else. You could even just look up my name, Wayne McCroy, on there, author, and my books will pop up on there. My new book is going to be titled Cybernetic Messiah, Building the Antichrist System. And that's that's coming spring 2020, so I'm looking forward to putting that one out, too. Uh, so, once again, thank everybody uh, for coming out and joining us here tonight on secrets of saturn thank you to the people on the fringe fm thanks for tuning in uh jason want to close it all up baldini thank you for joining us this week and we'll definitely have right. you back wayne thanks for having me uh, as always i've been an absolute pleasure being with you my friend and thank you to the all the wonderful people in the chat room we had 130 some folks i think at maximum uh the the, the fringe to joe roop he's awesome thank you for having us and uh that's a wrap ladies and gentlemen i hope everybody has a great night take care we'll be might be back next week i gotta find out about that so i'll post everywhere as soon as i uh, find out what who's available and who's not take care everyone thank you <laughs>